0: Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Covfefe Break on Unsafe Space. I'm Carter. And not only am I joined by Carrie, as usual, but we have a whole bunch of people today. We do. Uh, Beverly, I don't know if you want to be on the stream, so put yourself in if you want to be. But I'm going to add everyone else. Sometimes Beverly doesn't want I don't know if Beverly wants to be here. But if she wants to be here, add yourself, Beverly. Uh, You have the power, I think. Anyway, so we are joined by the icon. Hello. The icon underneath Carrie is Ian Kay, from, uh, a.k.a. Comics Division, who hosts the Great Reset uh, series on Unsafe Space.
1: How's it going, Carter? And panel. Good. Hey. How are
0: you doing? I feel like we're uh, Hollywood Squares. <laughs> Beverly Power. is in between me and Carrie. Wave, Beverly. Hello. Something. Show a goose. All right, there you go. Uh, underneath Beverly is Mark Pellegrino. Who is looking kinda a little bit a little bit uh, hipster for you. I uh, yeah, little little say, same
1: thing. Yeah, he looks very hipster, hipster today. Yeah. Really? really? A
0: little bit. Yeah. And wow. next to Mark is Sonny. It's always Sunny when Sonny's here. Hello. Hi, Sonny. It's a whole gaggle of people. So um yeah, this is awesome. I I don't think we've had this many people on the show ever. So thank you all for for joining. Let's do a few quick announcements. One is there's a book club that we're supposed to have on Sunday and Gary's holding up the book. I've only really read the first 3 chapters, but I I'll read more by Sunday, I promise. I've
2: only read the memes associated with that book. Oh, that's
3: So memes are great. This is a book that was suggested to us by Cameron Pasha, the screenwriter. And it's called The Fourth Turning, for anybody who's just listening, it's by William Strauss and Neil Howe. And he said, we should read this one because it gives us a perspective, a historical perspective through which to look at everything that's going on culturally at the moment. And maybe would help us uh, not have as much anxiety about it because it sort of, it comes from the position that everything happens in cycles. And we've been through all of this before in one way or another so this is a really great book i'm excited for sunday
0: uh what else do we need what other housekeeping does we need to get done
3: we have a retreat coming up in august it's our mm-hmm. first ever retreat and if you'd like more info you can go to unsafespace.com backslash retreat and find out more info we have a couple of different price points to join
0: make that a forward slash
3: forward slash
0: do what <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, i guess we should explain why we're on this particular channel today um and do it in a very careful way. We have to explain this carefully so that we don't get banned from this channel as well. Um, (laughs) yeah,
1: fun.
2: Don't say that word.
1: All my fault. say the word. I I know it's all Ian's fault. (laughs) So (laughs)
2: Ian
0: interviewed, um, Dr. Rechtenwald who we've had on the show several times. I love Dr. Rechtenwald. He's super smart. Um, for those of you who don't know, Dr. Erstenwald, uh was a, uh, we'll say a, what postmodern Marxist professor for decades. He knows the stuff inside and out, and then defected, uh, and is a capitalist Mises fan. And uh, man, wow, <laughs> yeah, amazing. He's amazing. He's really amazing. He and uh, I really love. He wrote. Uh, He wrote a book called Google Archipelago, another one called Springtime for Snowflakes. He's a fun writer. Um, But Ian had him on, and the two of them made the mistake of not – I don't think you guys made any massive truth claims, but you did say some things that were outside the border of the WHO narrative, the official narrative on WHO. You questioned some things that ought not be questioned.
1: Right, uh, and, and without getting into specifics, we compared a TV show versus what's going on in reality. Right,
3: amongst so, other things. So you brought up something <laughs> fictional to make comparisons to what's happening in the real world, and they didn't like that specifically. Apparently. You guys, <laughs> yeah, you guys can still listen to this episode that got us the ban. It is available on library, and uh, it's about Watch it's this, part Are you of,
0: ready? Watch yeah. This.
3: Ooh, there you, you go. That we have a ticker. We have a ticker. Oh wow! Well, it's it's yeah. As Carter mentioned, it's on the Great Reset series that Comics Division hosts, and um specifically, without without getting too specific, they did not like some of the stuff they said about the COVID vaccine. So that's why that's why we were banned. Yes. Nice.
4: Yes.
1: Yeah,
0: and and it was like what thirty to sixty seconds of a one hour interview.
1: Uh, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) So just one little, one little comment. Uh, yeah. yeah, I, you know, I, I
0: appealed knowing we're not going to, they, they don't, they appeals go into a black hole. They never read appeals. So I know it's not going to get, it's not going to work. But part of my appeal was just, are we not allowed to have anyone who like expresses an opinion that's wrong anymore? Like, can we not interview anyone who's wrong about anything? Like what if he's completely wrong about what, what he's like, is that, is that not allowed? Mark, are you about to say something that's wrong? If we ask you a question and you're wrong, are we get, we get banned? Is that how that works? Well, Mark's never that, wrong. That's, we
5: that, that's, well. well, no, that's all I say. I only say wrong things <laughs> according to social media.
4: Well, the, the thing uh, is, is, is we that. weren't hey, saying wait. that
1: it was definitely a thing. We're just making comparisons versus what was happening in this fictional TV show versus what was happening in the real world. We're not saying it was actually a thing, but it was yeah, interesting it's parallels. Saying,
3: it's like, what if this is a possibility? What if that's a possibility, <clears throat> but you're not allowed to ask questions either. I think that's yeah. I So much so, for an unsafe point. space. Yeah, <laughs> our name, kind of our name <laughs> choice, might have done us in in the very beginning.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, that's true. We should have. Called I was it hoping super for an Wokey unsafe hour. space. Wait, what was that?
3: Hey, I thought
2: super woke means woke from woke, like super straight.
0: Oh, Is that wrong. Like you woke up from woke. Yeah, or woke like Carrie.
3: Okay. <laughs> Carrie, you're super woke. Yeah. (laughs) You know, something I was thinking about that word woke, though, is I thought this is kind of interesting. Woke is past tense. So woke is something that's and, and you can see this reflected in the way they think about their beliefs. They have nothing else to learn. They've already learned everything. They think they know everything. Woke is done. I'm woke. I'm done. I'm not still learning Whereas an awakening is something that's continual. It's in the present tense. And and you're constantly learning and accumulating information. And I just thought there was something interesting about that. That they're done. Woke is done. you know.
0: Da- Daniel Keen in chat points out they were awake, but now they aren't. So that's why they're woke. They had been awake previously. It's a past tense of being awake. I'm not anymore. Yeah. I was awake. Yeah. Now I'm woke. <laughs> previously. Having awakened? I don't know.
3: So we, we started bringing guests on the show because we wanted to kind of, Carter and I are getting a little, uh, and I know our audience is just getting sometimes tired of this sort of acceleration point that I think we're in in, in, in culture and society of every day there's a new outrage and there's something new to talk about and it, things are moving very quickly, it seems, culturally. And it sometimes makes people feel... Uh, like it's just we're just doing a catalog of what's in the news lately, you know, there's Dr. Seuss, they're upset about Dr. Seuss, okay, now they're upset about Dolly Parton uh now they're upset about oh Greece. My God. What they- you know
5: ah, it's ridiculous. They,
3: yeah, they did go after Dolly parton Dolly Why? Parton.
6: yeah,
3: did you are Mark, did you hear about? No
5: it's everything's moving yeah. so quickly i I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm missing them too what What's this signpost? Yeah.
3: They don't like Dolly Parton because, and there have been a couple of pieces about her recently, because she won't inject politics into uh, her public statements. They don't like that she doesn't, quote, pick a side. And it's not enough for her. They think she's too tepid in the way that she supports social justice. They want her to be more vocal about uh, certain things. So she supports and, it. So
5: she, so she supports the concept.
3: She According has said, to wokeness. Right. She has said some supportive things. I think the thing about her is she just makes everybody feel included. And you can go mm-hmm. to a Dolly Parton show and you see, you know, conservative evangelicals rubbing shoulders with drag queens and nobody cares. And nobody, you know, it's it's, it's one of the most diverse audiences I've ever seen right. at a show. And th- that's not acceptable. We're in this, you know, us or them mentality now. And and you, you, you think
1: that's what it's all about, right? Having as many people as possible uh you know being together a diverse group of people that's supposed to be a good thing but apparently it's not in this day and age
3: no so she's committed that great sin of not uh you know drawing a line saying they've had her do a couple things they denounced her dixie stampede and she did apologize for the name and changed it now it's called dolly parton stampede and (laughs) it was about the north south it's sort of like a medieval times it's a dinner and a show and it used to be about uh, the, the uh, it used to be about the civil war and one side of the restaurant or the amphitheater is the North and one side is the South. And there's a show happening in the middle while you eat uh fried chicken and drink iced tea. And well, they had, they, they criticized that because it was about, about the civil war. So now mm,
7: good she, grief. She,
3: she changed it. You know, she changed these things. She's taken some steps to appease them, but it's not enough. So anyway well, it's, it's, never, the it's never enough you, silence can't, you is can't
0: violence though that's what that means right when, yeah. like it sounds like a catchphrase on a, a placard in berkeley but when you apply it you end up criticizing a singer for not speaking the woke ideology because she's being silent that's the problem right yeah
2: so sorry I mean, but is that a duck <laughs> <laughs> a i'm like what is i a goose yeah i'm sorry yeah. i just got very oh.
4: distracted <laughs>
2: Yeah, what is that? She won't stop chewing my hair now. She's all excited. That
3: is so cute. She's a baby. Sorry to interrupt. (laughs) That's fine. So, we just wanted to mix it up a little so that we're not just cataloging all these things and sort of have fun with people just talking about where we're at, what we, what you guys see, um, on the horizon, and and I don't know, offering people some positivity as well. So I that's didn't of positivity
0: idea. was supposed to be part of the show. Everyone's to drop my, off. That's the no,
3: I want some positivity.
0: <laughs> okay, Sunny. Your name implies that that is a direct challenge. Carrie's thrown down the gauntlet. Yeah.
2: With a name like yeah. mine, I have to be cheerful. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um you must.
2: Can we talk about the royal family? I mean, is, is that there too depressing? Happening with the royal family? Are you kidding? Uh,
0: apparently, they're all racist. Is that now. a joke? Oh well. Um,
2: okay. Well, that's the depressing side of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? That they're all racist. Way
2: to way to take other... it depressing, Ian.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, uh, that's the reality of it, right? I mean, what can you do? I,
2: I just find yeah, I just find the whole circus of the Meghan Harry thing really entertaining. Um, I so think he got a lying. job in Silicon Valley, and his title's Wait, uh, chief impact he officer. He just got a job. Where? <clears throat> About time. Some Silicon Valley <laughs> company called Better Up. Oh, my and, God.
0: A, a nice woke Silicon Valley name.
2: Yeah, it, and they're, like, they're they, funded by, you know, huge Saudi money. And, you know, it's kind of typical, um, the typical actors. But anyway, he, his job is chief impact officer, which is a really great title, I think, Yeah, for Harry. Be a celebrity
1: what what kind of impact?
2: Exactly. <laughs> It's the most meaningless, so he the sits most at,
5: meaningless title possible. He sits at home and tweets for seven figures a year. Right. Yes. <laughs> okay. and now,
0: but now he knows what it's like for the working man, Mark.
5: <laughs> Indeed. Oh, yes. Now he's getting he dirt on
2: yeah. <laughs> his resume He job. Yeah. His resume said Prince. Well,
5: well, perhaps somebody can explain <laughs> to me because I've never gotten this. I've never gotten a fascination with Royals. To me, they're the most despicable group of human beings on the planet, Um, and and they've inherited despicableness. They've gotten their position from being despicable, horrible human beings. So can somebody explain to me what the fascination with a lineage of psychopaths is? That's the that's my best question I've ever heard about. Is that a is that a leading question?
2: That is not cheerful at all. But I do (laughs) want to know. I mean,
5: even my wife is fascinated by this stuff. I think it's because it's romanticized.
4: But you think Mur- that murder, murder it's incest, because
5: it's in- well, murder, no, incest, it, intrigue, sectarian violence, all of a sudden it's romanticized. Mm-hmm. No, of course not.
1: That's the reality, right? It's the reality yeah. versus the romanticized version of, of what people see. I mean, they think of, you know, oh, it must be wonderful to be a princess and a prince and whatnot and to, to be a noble or something like that. And, and they don't actually see the historical aspects of what it would be like to be a real princess or a real prince or, you know, be somebody in the royal family in the Middle Ages. It was not fun. Uh, so it, it's it, it, they're in love with the idea, but not the actual reality of what it means to be royalty. But I imagine it was
5: a little bit more fun than being a serf.
1: I I, I I don't know. I mean, I, I guess um, it, w- there's there's a lot of stuff that people don't understand about serf. There was actually a lot of egalitarianism amongst serfs, even though they were tied to the land and kind of technically kind of slaves. But um, from, I guess, like the standpoint of being a serf, there was a lot of egalitarian amongst them.
5: You're 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 not making a, a good point for egalitarianism. I'm just that's not scoring <laughs> points for egalitarianism.
0: <laughs> hey, they're all dead but equal. Um, <laughs> they're equally right, so,
5: filthy and disease ridden, and starving. <laughs> is, it,
0: can't, is it just worship of of power though? People love power. I mean, people love loved Danny in Game of Thrones. I never watched Game of Thrones, but like people love villains. I mean, is it just like hey, they're rich and powerful, so we love them?
3: So rather, here here's something. Like, I, was gonna say, I think there's something I don't know if you guys read this spiked article about about that interview that Megan and, and Harry gave uh, to Oprah, but it was called I just had to look it up. It was called The Unbearable Victim Complex of Meghan Markle. Oh, and
1: yes. <laughs>
3: did you read that one? <laughs> no, <There's> a,
1: <laughs> no. But that's, that's an awesome title.
3: <laughs> there is a really interesting section where they were talking about the fascination that our culture has with the elite. So whether it's the royal family or with celebrities and by being, I mean, the elite implies they have great wealth and access and, and privileges and Oh, hi, Mark. Oh,
4: hey, and so,
3: hey. And so one of the things this article talked about was how, because of where we're at culturally now, we've sort of celebrated victimhood. We're in this place where we're celebrating victimhood and oppression. And so this interview in a way was an attempt to take what we think of Maybe it's like the old elite, the old cultural elite, the royals, and recast them in this new victimhood light, so they can remain um, celebrated and, and positive, and so to give them this kind of this veneer of being oppressed, even though they're the royals. <laughs> and so the whole the whole uh, angle of that interview was, you know, tell me about your oppression, kind of thing. I thought that was interesting. You have to recast. You have to recast the celebrities of old.
0: Wow. It's hard to be a ginger in 2021.
3: Uh, but that also explains Madonna's recent comments. You know, Madonna, who arguably, I mean, she's a very powerful woman, has a, has been very successful, great businesswoman, musician. And then she recently tweeted a lot of stuff about how uh, she's been oppressed, that the patriarchy has kept her down. And- oppressed,
5: to the, oppressed to the tune of $250 million.
3: Right. I
5: love, yeah. I, I love oppression like that. I think she's struggling for relevance these days. I mean, when's yeah. the
1: last time Madonna would be considered to be mainstream, specifically with her music? I mean, I well, she she, she was evolve. big in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, exactly. She didn't evolve. And she became, like many other has-been celebrities and activists, because that keeps them relevant. Hey,
6: buddy. Look at that. Yeah. That's for Carrie. She just likes the Ferris. I show. love the Ferris. <laughs> this, so this is exotic. Hello, pectic. Mark. It's Mark, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mark. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Yeah. Hey, it can't, the royal family's the royal family, aren't they allowed to be racist? I mean, they run the, the biggest property <laughs> owners in the world. If That's I was kind a king, like, if I'm a, if I'm a prince or a queen or whatever, like fuck you, I'm racist. Goddamn right, I am. You know what? Why? You, what are you gonna cancel the royals? They're like, just oh, we'll just call in all our favors, and there. So that, seems that, like they're that island is though. no. That that island the is queen, no longer you. Yeah. The
2: queen. Uh, last week. Brought in a diversity czar, which I thought was really funny, since they're a hereditary monarchy. I mean, like, how do
6: you how do
2: you diversify? Like, it isn't that.
6: Aren't
0: they all inbred
2: anyway? Say? The royal yeah, family.
6: Yeah, they are. Yeah,
2: which they could use IQ?
4: some genetic heard, diversity, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, it, you there. know what
6: I you know what I think. If it's true, what she sorry to uh, uh, come plump uh, barreling in, but if what Meghan said is true. Like, what was it? Someone she she claimed someone said, what color is the baby going to be? Right. That's what one of the accusations. Right. Yeah. Oh, me. Who said that? No, she never said who said. Okay. no. Right. You know what that sounds like? Okay, because, you know, the royal family is like they're sheltered weirdos. Right. Like they're really powerful and rich, but they don't like know how to deal with normal people. You know, that does. Do you guys know that? Like they yeah. live, they lead I, lives that are not like anyone else, right? Oh, right, of course. Right. Yeah, of course. Which
2: Harry Harry proves that every day.
6: Yeah, it sounds like the ignorant statement. I mean, ignorant in not knowing because they don't have familiar with. They've probably actually never been privy to the the uh, the, the 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 insemination of a mixed race couple. So they went, "Oh, that's interesting. What color is the baby going to be?" It's just kind of of a like. You, do you do you see what I'm saying? It, it's it's, just, it's a just a dumb. It's just old grandma asking a dumb yeah. question. Is what you're who, saying. Because
1: they've never met
6: anyone who was. They've pregnant. never seen if that before. Yeah, that's what it sounded yeah. like. Yeah. If well,
1: it's true, it, it sounds like you know much like most celebrities, they're out of touch with reality, and they, they don't know what it's like to be a regular person or how the world really works because they have they're being catered to, right? They have servants that tend to their needs hand you know, yeah, hand and foot, I guess. Um so yeah I mean when when you have pe- people going out buying your groceries preparing your food doing everything for you uh, I I think that severely disconnects you from the way the world truly does work.
6: Yeah who is this guy a, with, that doesn't have actually have a photo who is that? Hello, oh. I'm Ian. Oh, hi Ian. My name's Mark. Yeah. You're hot. How's it <laughs> <by> Mark? <laughs> Mark. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, Mark is a comedian, mm-hmm. and co- uh, Ian is also known as Comics Division. He hosts our Great Reset channel. Mark,
0: nice, nice. Um, and above you, Mark, is Mark, and hi, Mark. The hey, Mark. woman to the left is Sunny, and I think you know everyone else. What's that? I, don't is the, I don't know the. I don't
6: know above Mark.
0: Oh, that's Beverly, it's, who you I, probably Bever- interacted Bever- with on email. Oh. Hi, Beverly. Yeah, Good yeah. um, to goose. you. that has a goose. Does oh. does is there a does the establishment have a uh, is there a incentive like why are the monarchies still around because they're only around and in the news because they serve a purpose I assume They're figurehead
1: essentially I mean that's all there is they're, they just have a lot of money and a lot of power at this point and really do nothing but kind of sit there and occupy space and I guess they um
2: You guys are too harsh to on feet. these people <laughs> I I personally think in terms of the British monarchy that there is a value there there's there's like british values that's tradition which are western values you know and they kind of symbolize that and people like symbols and i think if you know i mean i i sympathize with what's called a republican in britain that means someone who doesn't want the monarchy anymore um a lot of smart people over there are republicans but i also think there's something like if you go to windsor where the castle is where the queen lives the whole place is plastered in flags and like you can have high tea and it's just super British and really fun. And I don't know. That's kind of what I think of it as. Like
6: if you stood um, outside Windsor castle, you could be like the queen could be taking a shit in there right now. (laughs) I've
2: eaten the queen's ice cream. You guys, she has a laugh,
6: Carrie laugh. And they make ice cream. from it.
2: (laughs) There you go. Uh, She wanted to, she
6: stifled it. Jesus told her to stifle it. So
2: do you have to like (laughs) give her a laugh? A laugh. She up.
6: stifles things. She stifles uh blasphemous things I say, some laughter <laughs> oh, on blasphemous wow. things I say sometimes. I, I lose them the uh, followers every time I appear. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> such...
0: <laughs> but Sonny, you could have British high tea and what you're talking about is like a symbol for nationalism. Like it doesn't have to be co- coming from what Mark Pellegrino yes. just described as like an in in yeah. inbred line of uh psychopathy, I think is
2: what you said. True, but in their case it does. So I mean,
0: <laughs> that's the
5: British. That's, way. Why not? That's, that that's, an, that's a very expensive high tea.
2: They have no power, yes. and what and it, they aren't it, actually it, expensive. It, they just own property, and they mostly live off of those assets.
5: So they don't have a they don't have an annual stipend of somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 They do, million but I
2: don't think uh, one hundred fifty million. One
5: hundred fifty million pounds for high tea? No, thank you.
6: I'll mean, come for from half that. It's, when, 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 Me- when Megan and uh, Harry were thinking about when they were doing their exodus from the royal family, or and I guess they didn't actually do it, they were thinking about moving to Canada where I live. So, so in Canada, the queen is actually our head of state, right? Um, they were going to live here and Canadians were going to have to foot the bill for their security, their, uh, our version of Secret Service. Just a rich cup that, like, really, they're because the thing is, it's the queen might be the head of state, but her offspring, so her family, they aren't actually legally our heads of state. They, they're just rich people, but we would have, our tax dollars would have had to pay for their security. Why? Wow. Cause we're cucks and because you're no in the Commonwealth. Home. Yeah, that's right. And y- we you're just, you're still go, yeah, beholden okay. to
2: the queen.
5: Yeah. She's on all our money. I mean, yeah. that's, 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 that's great power. And your I mean,
2: dishes hanging on she, your walls. And things she, like has, she has the power. <laughs> <Not> to, mind,
5: <laughs> they mind. have the power to command those resources. That's power. You can't say that they don't have it. They, my, they do. My, my British friends,
6: I asked them, like, what it, was it like? That, like my, let's just say, for lack of a better term, regular British friends. Like, uh, they're, not, they're not political one way or the other. They'll, I'll say, what's it like when you're in England? What it, what's your relationship with the royal family? They're like, we don't really think about them, similar to Canada. They're just a rich family.
2: Well, but they the could, U- but they could change
5: that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I mean, the, the power, power they have it. is the power that Harry has when he can come over here and his wife and they can go, oh, the family's racist, and then the next week they have to hire a diversity czar. Like there's there's power <laughs> in that they have a microphone, a pretty big microphone.
3: Yeah.
2: You know, that's pretty powerful. And there's power the in the PR fact of that,
5: they, that and there's power in the fact that they can make me pay for their security detail. Right, but they don't really hold any political power. But they obviously have
2: a lot of influence. Your politicians could change that, though. I mean, you guys could do what Americans did.
6: Yeah, apparently that's harder. Easier said than done. We'd have to open up our. uh, You're right. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not being pedantic, but it it, it's actually quite difficult to do that legally because we have to open up our constitution. And pe- people who are smarter than me say that's a that's a risky idea in Canada because then the uh, re- the maniac woke people would get in and change yes. the constitution. Yes.
2: Yeah. Ah. Yeah. yeah it's, Wait, it's yeah. the Same
1: thing here. If we were ever to go to through a, another constitutional convention, uh, we'd be screwed. We would be losing all of our rights at this point.
5: You really think so? Yeah. It, it, it takes, yeah I do. I do. But it takes. I it, do too. It, they, it takes super majorities. It takes three quarters of state legislatures to pass an amendment. That's an enormous quantity of people that you have to get over onto your side, it's very hard. I think it's yeah. very hard. Even I I, with-
1: I agree, but I wouldn't rule anything out. It, specifically, if um if it came down to, I think the two biggest ones we'd end up losing would be the First and Second Amendment. Because all it takes is one good tragedy to pull people to the other side. Much like I, but what in what way, I,
0: we've lost them because they've done what we've talked about before, which is you can write a constitution that's the most beautiful thing in the world. Uh, but if I write Merriam Webster, which they do, and the people who are going to interpret the constitution are going to use my definitions and my interpretations, it doesn't matter what you wrote down. It doesn't matter. You could have written down Dr. Seuss. It well, that's be one thing that they've
1: they been trying to go after the Second Amendment with is like, you know, they obviously failed with law, they started pulling in you know english professors to say oh because of this comma it is interpreted this way so yeah i mean
5: they're they're definitely pulling out all the stops to erode our rights so so they haven't they haven't read the federalist papers and they're depending on the fact that most other people haven't read it so that they can fix narratives
1: yeah I mean that happened yeah. basically right after Sandy Hook, where they you start seeing articles saying, "Well, this is what this English professor says about this law," or you know <laughs> about the constitution. It's just like, man, you you are really digging a hole here, trying to find anything that will that'll fit your narrative at this point.
0: Well, this is why ultimately the culture matters because it's, if the people don't hold their elected officials accountable for crappy interpretations of law or making crappy laws or violating the law, then it doesn't really matter.
5: And they For can't now. hold them accountable when the culture is is shifted in that direction. I remember in 11th right. grade in my American history class, my teacher was a leftist, a lawyer, and taught me that the constitution was a living document. Now, right.
2: I was taught that in high school history too. Yeah, I, right? I was
5: as well. Right. So that means it's 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 not a contract. It can adjust Generationally, and that's to say, there's no real principle or law governing us at all. Um, and I could slap him for that if I saw him again. I think I might just, you know, for the sake of the. I it it.
3: I learned it was a living document as well, and I think a
5: mm.
3: I think not. a lot of people have the idea that um, that the Constitution is something that should evolve with society and as we become more perfect. And as we – they have this idea that – a lot of it, I think, is just arrogance of of looking backwards and saying we know so much more now, and we know so much more than these people, and, you know, therefore we should be able to amend this thing. And I used to think of the Constitution that way. It took me a while to change the way I thought about it. Well, well you're right, right about all, like all of moral
0: you... it. It's the lack of moral standards. It's, it's – they believe that democracy – what's moral is what most people – think is right. That's what has happened morally. So of course, standards are going to change because we now think differently collectively as a culture and therefore we should change it. Right. Which is the opposite of the intent of the constitution.
5: Yeah. I think the constitution is based on something that liberalism was based on, which is universality of principles and knowledge That, that, that some principles and knowledge applied to everybody throughout all time. There could be some little individual tweaks. That's why we have an amendment process. But the basic concept of the relationship between the individual and the state is is fairly clear, and that's what needs to be preserved through the amendment process. And that's what exactly what's lost in this idea of a living constitution that changed genera- changes genera- generationally, uh, even fundamentally. <laughs> so even the fu- even the fu- it, there's 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 no bar against the fundamentals of individual rights or the relationship between the state and the individual being changed. And that's frightening. Yeah.
2: yeah. But at the same Even time, a lot of defenders I mean, those it's
0: rights point. Go ahead. Sorry, Sunny. It,
2: it's just a, um, it's just a system of government. And there was a lot of debate around what should the constitution say? I mean, a lot and a lot of like our founders argued about it back and forth. There could be changes that make sense. Once you put something into practice and you see maybe it doesn't work. Um, Like you'd hoped, like, I mean, we're seeing daily (laughs) that we don't have the free, you know, there's problems with the constitution.
5: It's not the constitution. I think it's the interpretations of it. And the people, the people who are tasked with the responsibility of interpreting it have been chipping away at it for over a hundred years. Probably much longer than a hundred years.
2: This is why culture matters. But also though, couldn't there have been some, I mean, and I don't know, I'm not a, I'm not a constitutional. Like legal scholar or anything, but couldn't something maybe have been put in to prevent a certain amount of corruption and the deterioration? Something stronger language about about that?
0: It's supply and and. demand. If you have power, people will pay for it. So the only way to prevent that corruption is to remove the power from the politicians. And they did a pretty good job of trying to say what politicians aren't allowed to do. We just ignored it.
1: Yeah, there, there was a
5: loss of version. But, like right away. Right away. they ignored it right away. doing things. The,
2: the, right. Well,
5: but I think because embedded in, the, in our culture has been two divergent uh, ethics. You know, our, our country was founded on implicit self-interest and individualism. And I think our, our conscious ethics and even the ethics of the of the founders to to a degree were based on servitude and altruism and those that's not that's an oil and water combination it can't mix it can't integrate and i think that's it's through that contradiction that fissures have been exploited by people who who are all into the you know the the community service state apparatus you know and it's been it's been detrimental to anybody who's individualist. So individualism did not have adequate philosophical and academic and moral backing in our culture and so the other side is winning it's taking over
6: uh i think yeah. canada is a cautionary tale for what's going on in the united states one of the canada's biggest problems <laughs> is um that one of our biggest imports is american culture <clears throat> and can canadians are smug cunts and they'll be like <laughs> glad i'm not in that dumpster fire down south meanwhile consuming 90 percent american media and and like we (laughs) we we really hammer it in and the average canadian knows more about american politics than our own and so politicians up here sneak things in they don't even have to be that sneaky because no one's watching so they it's kind of a
2: bummer because canada was my escape plan
6: (laughs) it's not okay overall what i always say it's the quality of life like do you live in a northern state
2: well, I'm originally from Minnesota and my plan was to go to the boundary waters and like canoe, right. because just you can basically Mexican cross to over to Canada without anybody yeah. watching you.
6: Just just say refugee. We'd my plan is live. over. Um, yeah. Canada, it's a nice place to live sort of, but like it's the stuff that the, the negative stuff that's going on down south were you could look to us as a sort of crystal ball 10 years from what's going on with you guys uh and it's what there's so many reasons i'm not smart enough to 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 give all them but one of the problems is canadians aren't invested in our own like at least down where you guys live your sjw maniacs are invested in your country we're invested in america wait yeah (laughs) we're like raw trump raw and it's like no 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 but we have our own guys to take care of and all that kind of stuff so and then and then our politicians go yeah yeah just keep paying attention to the states just keep paying attention to the states yeah sure we'll install like uh chinese uh people from china into our government and stuff like like there's people who they're not elected but they work for in canadian like they're bureaucrats who are like from china like and i don't mean just they were born there they work for the government and now they're they're actively influencing our 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 government
1: that is so so frightening
6: yeah it and it's it's this is the this is i guess uh, the point i was just trying to make is that this is something use us as a cautionary tale if you ever like i wonder what it would look like if we just gave them free reign look up north look up north
5: I'm confused. I'm, first of all, I'm conf- I'm confused on a few points. The, the, one of the points I'm confused on is how do social justice warriors ha- have American interests in their in their sights? How they, they, they get their they get America?
6: they get they get their um, for lack of a better term uh, they get their marching orders from American media and academics. Who,
5: well, how do those people in, have American interests in their hearts? Oh, the, oh, good point. Do they actually have American interests? It's in not right?
0: American interest in their hearts. it's no, America's it's not. the target. It,
6: yeah, yeah. There you go. That's,
2: they won't leave.
6: Yeah, yeah. Correct.
2: You, like you want you, socialism, just leave. Th- th- they won't you. leave. Go to go they Canada. But,
6: but what I mean <laughs> is, what, those American SJWs or sorry, Canadian SJWs are going like, okay, American ones. What are we supposed to do, right? When it's like they're more. And then they're doing it
2: better than us. First. Oh, way better.
6: Oh, way better. <laughs> it's like ster- they're on steroids and estrogen up here. Really? <laughs> really oh yeah i mean yeah. it's the
5: american sjw's who have the reputation worldwide for disintegrating everything right now I, I, ours
6: ours are polite and the general public here is more averse to conflict
5: that's, okay. that's the problem no i mean i think they first came on the map for me because jordan peterson was approached mm-hmm. by some sjw's and that sort of kicked off the yeah. i to me in high gear and this this whole idea that there's this oppositional movement There,
6: there the problem is up here yeah. there isn't enough of an opposition that would that's what i'd say one of the biggest problems is
5: really what what do you what do you mean uh so like
2: we'd say that here too wouldn't we i mean i i, I don't know i would say i goes. would definitely
5: say that here there's just, it looks like they're dominant
6: yeah well, they're culturally <laughs> they're culturally dominant they i wouldn't even say dominant
5: i'd say they won already up here wow so they i wow, mean they're winning they're winning big time here the the alternative that we have on our side is you know, nationalist, redneck, it, toothless, uh, jingoist, okay. boneheads.
6: I, I, absolutely. So, okay, again, like five or 10 years from your present point is where we're in Canada. So basically, if you pose anything that's, um I don't want to say left, because I don't know if it is left, but that progressive stuff. Okay, for example, let's say you question, and I know it's like this in the States, but this has complete cultural hegemony up here now. Let's say I question the lockdowns, right? Let's just say I go, they immediately go to you're alt right, you're a flat earther. Yes, and that's they, here. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. We hold have it. that. Hold it. Hold it. <laughs> the average person here will not get involved at all. They just go. I don't. Okay. They they might not agree. They might think it's ridiculous. But the uh, there there is no like resistance up here in the in the same in the same uh, magnitude that I see down. At least they're okay. I know they're I dominating down there. But at least there's a number. There is a somewhat critical mass of people going, no, no, no. Here there isn't. There and there's they're like immediately Jordan Peterson
0: mar- and three other people, or something. They're
6: immediately the marginalized as alt right, and it's just taken as a <laughs> fact. Yeah, sad. And That's Jordan it. Peterson. Yeah. 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 And they're immediately well, Im- yeah. So and the yeah.
3: other the other difference I think is right. is I because agree. the because the you know we do have the First Amendment. It's going to take them a bit longer to to codify into law some of the things they want to do. So in Canada, for example, we've covered before this story of the father who you're not supposed to name him. First of all, the judge has put out a gag order where this father is not allowed to talk to the, he's not supposed to talk to the press. Wait, what's he's his not, name? I'll tell his name in a second. He's not supposed oh. to talk to the press. He's not supposed to uh, use his name. He's not supposed to use his daughter's name or his wife's name. Uh, he has been doing interviews and, a lot of them are being pulled down um, his, let me see, I think this, this article has his name in it. Anyway, this is the father as I look.
6: Oh man. She froze up right in at the end <laughs> because no, no.
3: he is referring to his child. Who's biological woman as biological girl, female re- referring to her as she, her. And so the family court judge said that he's actively harming his child and uh, yeah, had she's put like, out I think a she's warrant 14. for his arrest. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> this is the exact same thing that Jordan Peterson was warning against.
3: Yes, and so he's he's been arrested, last I heard. This has been going on, this this contentious um, lawsuit between him and his ex-wife has been going on for a while now because the wife wants the daughter to be able to undergo hormone treatment, and, and so I think this all started when the, when the daughter was 12. Yes. She's, yeah, 14 she's 14 now. 14. This all... Th- this started a couple years ago, though.
6: And, 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 and again, oh
3: my God. Th- this is
6: <laughs> what happens with no safeguard. This is what happens with no safeguards like the First Amendment. This is in, right. In, so this is what's going on in Canada. This is what is happening. It's in law. And normal people, regular normies, as I call them, go, oh, man, what? Someone should call their politicians like the politician put that in the law, dumbass, because you were busy bitching about Trump. Right.
3: Fuck. By the way, here's an update. Here's an update. Here's why I couldn't find his name. This post-millennial article, the most recent one we covered, did include his name. They've now had to scrub it. They had to take his name out of the piece. Wow. So the, Are
4: they the based court? in Canada?
0: Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. So the, oh, okay. the title of the piece on post-millennial is uh, Father Jailed After Referring to His Biological Female Child as His Daughter.
1: That is insane oh. that they had to scrub that. They had to oh scrub God. the name. That is absolutely oh insane.
0: We
6: say his na- we're allowed to say his name. I'm going to say <clears throat> it. it's Robert Hoogland.
3: It is Robert Hoogland. You're right. I forgot.
6: And in the media, um, the media up here, you might not, it's, uh has already uh, labeled him crazy because he went, he had some, he did have some incidents. And now they just say he's a Christian extremist.
3: He had some incidents. What do you mean? Like oh, with the press God. or something? The,
6: the, the stress of it all made him do some wackadoodle things. Okay. You know what so, I heard him uh, say in one of just, the interviews no, no. was
3: that he said, you know, the reason why this is important For me and the reason why i'm willing to go to jail over it is because it's my daughter it's my child and he said um, oh my god he said you know at some point she might decide that she wants to detransition and she might be upset that her parents and the medical establishment allowed her to undergo hormone treatment or surgery or, or or whatever you know who knows what point we're getting to and and I don't want her to look back and say, why didn't you do anything to protect me?
1: That's so frightening.
3: Um, but yeah, so that we haven't heard of a, I haven't heard of a case quite like that in the States yet. There is one in Texas that is getting pretty close. They've taken the child from the father and awarded sole custody to the mother. Um, but they haven't been able to institute the same kind of gag orders on speaking to the press or on the press covering it. They haven't been able to do that in the States like they have in Canada. Um, mentioning the names so that you can find out about it you know what,
6: one thing I do notice that is worse in the states is people go after your job more down in the states than they do up here yeah. for wrong thinkers tweets or whatever people like where does he work right away and go. they don't do that quite as much up here it's not just I guess the natural aversion to conflict it, uh, uh, not never happens but I notice it's way more prominent down down there
3: Yeah. You know, I I I haven't talked about this on our show yet, but I just heard from, I hear from lots of different strangers who watch the show, whatever. I just heard from this young guy, young adult who uh, I won't, I won't mention, I'll try not to mention specifics because he doesn't want to go public with it, but he has a, he has a job working at Disneyland. He's in a singing group there and he posted something on social media that was tepidly in defense of Gina Carano, not even full throated. It was just saying, I don't think this bodes well for free speech that she lost her job at Disney and some strangers to him, random people uh, found his post and started calling Disneyland and doing and and whipped up a mob online and are trying to get him fired (laughs) from his job As just some anonymous, you know, he's not a public figure. He has this, you know, he's he's employed to sing in this this barbershop, barbershop quartet at at Disneyland for people who are visiting. And he's, you know, this is the cancellation that bothers me more than stuff like Gina Carano because she's a public figure. But you have things like this happening all the time to just average everyday people, you know. Did you guys see the
2: story this morning about the Southwest... Possibly, so, allegedly, maybe Southwest Airlines pilot who was caught on mic complaining about San Franciscans.
0: <laughs>
4: no. Did you see this? I love Southwest. This is the, the most hilarious
2: story. This is the most hilarious story. So, they over the you know air traffic control and coming into SFO, this pilot is going, these f'n freaks. F and this, F and that. Like he just they probably drive F and Hyundai's and they're so <laughs> F and slow and da-da-da. Like it's just this random. And he's got this southern accent, and he's so some, some snitch who's at who's at like an air a little airport in his little plane hears this and then goes and tries to figure out. Oh, it's the same voice I heard saying Southwest 538 or whatever, you know, like when they're talking. And so they're trying to get him. To lose his job as a pilot because he like went on this little rant about how he doesn't like people from San Francisco. Like, with no, a few spe- F- speaking
1: as a Californian, I don't like San Franciscans either. <laughs> yeah, who area, I, like I thought
2: matter. they used to be proud of how freaky they are, and now it's like a problem. I was so, born you know, in the Bay area There's a lot too. of
0: people in the Bay Area that hate us, that hate, mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of self hatred in the Bay Area,
6: but we're all afraid to say anything because Zuckerberg will come to our house. And,
2: well,
3: so, uh, how so, so how how sorry to it,
6: interrupt. Sorry to interrupt. I got to get going. I just wanted to jump in for a few minutes. I got to drive a guy to the airport. So
3: Uh bye Mark. Thanks for coming so hey, Good to meet nice all,
6: to
4: meet you, all <Mark>. of you. Nice yeah, yeah. Okay. Bye, Mark. Okay. Yeah.
3: Bye. So how do average people create an uncancelable uncancelable life? That's something that I've heard a lot of people discussing lately. is That you have to make yourself uncancelable. And- Don't
1: work for another company. I guess <laughs> we're doing it.
3: Well, that's why they're going to pass the pro
2: act so that everybody has to be an employee and nobody can be an entrepreneur. What's the, and- what, wait,
3: what's the pro act?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's just been passed from the, through the house. And it's the same thing that they did in California, the AB five where they outlawed freelancing and self-employment basically. Oh. Um, and the, They want to do it nationally. So the House has just passed it.
3: And it forces a lot of people into be employees, basically, or Uh, they'll lose their jobs. This is the thing that's targeting gig employees? Yes.
0: Yeah. It's really hurt a lot of gig employees. been really hard in California. They hate it. Yeah. Yeah. And they've
2: had to make a million exceptions for musicians are exempted, and this group is exempted as, you know, the groups that could. Sort of gather and lobby got some exceptions because it was really, really unpopular across party lines here in California. Mm
7: -hmm. And,
2: but you know, it's been, they've been trying to pass it for years. Um, Throughout the Trump administration, they were trying to do it nationally. And originally, it's like a union bill. The unions here wrote it to try to get everybody in a job situation that could then potentially be unionized. And it was specifically targeting Uber, I think, and uh, one other company. I can't remember exactly, Lyft but
0: and and DoorDash, Uber right?
2: and Lyft. And okay, and so originally yeah. it was sort of targeting them, but it just takes down, you know, all these people who just work for themselves and job themselves out. It tar- it, it's horrible for writers. It's horrible for anyone who's getting paid for a gig, which is and like you, a lot of people in America. Yeah. Can can you yeah. remind and me how it is that they're they selling this together.
0: They're exempt now, uh, Sonny. I think Uber lobbied to get exempt. Like, after they passed the law Uber's exempt? Everyone. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think the a lot of the big people, they went a lot to of the big companies got something. together and got exempt. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's yeah. Uber, but like, I think DoorDash. Someone Shame on there. them for yeah. getting
2: yeah. exempt instead of, you know, attacking well, the law, and it's just... I mean, what are you going mean, to do? They're, I guess in a, I don't... they're
0: between a rock and a hard place, right? It's yeah, like, I, I it's, understand, it's a, it's a, yeah. You know...
3: Yeah. Can you explain for me though how they're selling this? How do they get people to support this? Oh, you know, those people who aren't being who are being exploited. They're not
2: being paid enough. They don't get benefits, you know, uh, and yet like Uber exploited all these drivers by by not giving them benefits and unemployment and all this, right. you know, stuff that you get for being an employee.
0: And NPR will run a sob story. Here's here's Ahmad and his three children, and he drives Uber, you know, all 17 he makes hours is a day. Ex- and look yeah. how tired he is and blah, blah, blah. And like, <laughs> now he doesn't have, have a job
1: jobs. at all. Yeah. No, he right. doesn't. Yeah. He
2: <laughs> Before he had to have three jobs. Now he doesn't have any. But he He's can okay. get unemployment, so it's okay. That's
1: yeah. Right.
5: He can get PPP or whatever the heck that's called. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm kind of curious, how is this going to affect acting, too? I guess, Mark, you could speak to this. I mean, isn't basically being an actor kind of like being in a gig economy, or how does that work?
2: Hollywood yeah. has an exemption.
1: Uh, I'm sure Hollywood does have an exemption,
5: of course. Because of course, <laughs> they have a
0: union, actually.
5: Yes, we do well, have a but union. A but, lot I, of the- but individual actors are incorporated, so I guess that they're, sort, they're loan-out corporations, so it's more or less, yeah. you know...
2: It's, it's not just actors. It's like the camera people are often independent. Like all this crew, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is, correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, because I don't know, but I have some uh, relatives that work on sets and they get these short jobs because they're just on one, they're, they're contracted for one production Yeah, and then they have this one job operating a camera for a month. And then they're done. And now those jobs are harder to get because they have to be, you have to be an employee now of the, it it just has been horrible. And now you've got, you see a lot of people, writers moving and leaving the state to go live in another state just so that they can write. Well, now that's going to end. And I've heard that people are going to Australia to make movies and like places that don't uh, have these restrictions so that the crew isn't so expensive.
5: I mean, I'm working in, I'm working in Pittsburgh PA right now. And I'm working here until August, you know, and I'm planning on I, I, I was born in California, born and raised, raised in, born in Pasadena, raised in Van Nuys. And for the past six years, I have wanted to move out of that state. And my wife has finally agreed to it. So we're going to be moving east somewhere. I'm not sure where yet, but to friendlier climes, because I, I think I think California best state in the union in so many respects i love it it so much it's being flushed down the toilet by awful politics and horrible power lusting jerk-offs so and they say something like 150,000 people are are hemorrhaging out of the state every single year
0: if you look at the u-haul what you can do is you can go to u-hauls website and you can look to see how much it costs to rent a u-haul to like texas from California to Texas or from Texas to California. And you can tell by the price difference where <laughs> people are going. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's way more expensive to rent from California to, sorry, it's way more expensive to do, um, like they have to hire people to bring the stuff back to California. So they charge you more leaving California because they got to hire someone to drive the truck back to California. Um, so you, yeah, you going the-
5: What's that?
2: You're gonna to move to Pittsburgh then? You're gonna to move to Pennsylvania well,
5: I, I, somewhere? No, I was thinking. I, I was thinking Austin, but my wife doesn't want to um, go. To, doesn't want to live in Texas, and
2: uh, Florida's <laughs> and, big right now.
5: Florida's big, but we are also thinking Nashville is a possibility because um, it's a huge. There's a huge artistic and entertainment. North Carolina's big. Thing. Lots Keep of people. Lots of people I know live there too. Um,
2: I know people who are in Texas though right now. I mean, yes, there's a flood out of California and Texas is better than California. But I know Texans who are moving to Montana. Yeah. Because Texas yeah. is getting too blue. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You never know what's gonna happen. No, Austin, no, where the- no that's very true. Austin and Texas is used to hard. be blue.
3: Yeah. Austin is pretty much um I think gonna become another kind of Silicon Valley, Los Angeles in mm-hmm. terms of the type of people moving there and the industry that's moving there and, and it's bleeding out. I live about half an hour North of Austin and it's bleeding out into the County I'm in. And uh, we went blue for the first time in a very long time. And oh wow. um, we have a couple of woke businesses now that virtue signal online. And it's a, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely, we have a, a weekly BLM uh protests and uh, tabling happening on our town square every week they're there sometimes twice a week and pushing <laughs> pushing BLM and pushing uh, trying to remove a uh, veteran statue that's there so uh, all of that I think is a lot of it is bled over from people who escaped California went to went to Austin and or- then or- are moving
5: or- north are people not able to connect the dots that the reason they're leaving one place is the result of their ideology? <laughs> Probably no. not. They're not. Well, <laughs> it's I'm not having... rocket science. What's, what's, what's the problem?
3: Well, go ahead, comics, because uh, comics is in Texas, too.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, you know, living in Texas most of my life, uh, for the most part, any, anywhere uh, Californians tend to move into, they tend to destroy. And this has been going on with Austin for a number of years. And my my brother lives in Portland. And it was pretty funny. It was like a number of years ago, we were doing a walking tour. And they're saying it, that basically they had their slogan of keep Portland weird. It's like, where do, where did that come from? It's like, he stole it from Austin. And he's like, Yo, how do you know that? It's because I'm from Texas. But the, the whole point is that, that they move in, they buy a property, they raise the prices, kick off the locals. And this is a huge problem in Portland is that they have these huge tent cities there because of of all the californians that have moved in and, and basically destroyed the local ecosystem well they've been doing this to austin since the 90s and apparently it's getting even worse now and i guess it was like a couple of years ago I, I typically don't go to austin on the regular but i was there maybe like two or three years ago and oh my god the homeless population there has gotten way bigger it's than when i remember control. in the 90s it, it, it is so really? bad yeah,
5: It is out of control. I mean, it's, because- awful. it's awful down here, in, or not down here, uh, in uh, L.A. It's it's terrible, and it's pretty bad in San Francisco, right? It's gotten yeah, it's, really it's worse, bad yeah. in
0: San Francisco. You have to step over poop on the streets, like everywhere. It's gotten, I mean, I've been in the Bay Area for 21 years now. It is it is way worse than it's ever been. It's really, really bad. And if you go to the East Bay, it's tent cities all over the place. In, in San Francisco, proper under basically every overpass, there's a tent city. It's it's disgusting. There's needles on the ground and now isn't this how Austin is it, is.
5: It, it Austin's this
3: way now? Yeah, Austin. Uh, yeah. So a few years yeah. ago, I, th- I think it was a year or two ago, they um, they basically made it legal to have homeless encampments anywhere. And they used to be sort of underneath one overpass. Now they're under every overpass, um, even in front of small businesses. You'll see. Uh, Even on Congress Avenue, which is becoming almost like it's I think it's going to end up being like Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills because all the mom and pop shops, which made it weird, have been forced out due to rent. One of the one of my friends who owns a, a business there, the rent went up 10 times in one year. And so they're they're putting in a Tiffany's now. (laughs) <laughs> on on Congress Avenue. Wow. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to become. Congress Avenue. Yes. It's, it's, like gonna, the,
0: <laughs> it's like a place where you get good flapjacks or whatever. It's yeah.
3: Like it, a, to, <laughs> it used to be, you know, thrift shops, mom and pop jewelry shops and, and art and, you know, little bar dive bars. And now it's uh, all high end. catered towards the, uh, the hipsters and the Silicon Valley types. And, and yeah, at the same time, they've now allowed uh, homeless encampments everywhere. and, they're starting to debate. There's a new um, resolution coming up that would that would rescind that. That would that would make it, I think, so that they, you know, you can't just encamp wherever you want to. And if you go to a local station like uh, KVUE on Facebook, they put out a lot of propaganda. And they, they, whenever they report on it, you know, obviously they're slanted in the in their headlines even. But if you look at the discussion, you'll see at least Texas is still a place where there's a lot of debate. It's not all just one point of view. There is still a lot of debate happening in the comments. That's kind of how I gauge where the mindset is at. And you'll see people in there. You will, you will see people in there saying I'm a liberal, I'm a Democrat. Something needs to be done. Like it's out of control now, the homelessness. And, uh, but then you'll still see that kind of woke pushback of, uh, you don't care about homeless people. You know, you're a hateful person if you want to do this and we just need to throw more money at it. What they're doing now is That's they're, solves um, everything. Yeah. They're, they're spending millions of dollars buying hotels. They're trying to buy a hotel in Williamson County now, which is where I'm at to put, to put their home, to, to put the Austin homeless into. So no, now only- there's a, Yeah.
5: If only some of the the, the the sources of these terrible laws would would just open up their own homes and yards to these folks first <laughs> yes. as an yes. experiment, maybe that is what we need to stop this kind of insanity. Why would they do that, Mark?
3: <laughs> no, they, they <laughs> don't, don't have Mark, they don't have room on their lawns because they have all those signs on their lawns that say in this house we believe. Oh, that's and- right. I like <laughs> this,
2: <laughs> Mark. This is a good hey, but solution. The, totally, I, I, adopt a, a homeless plan. Right? But a lot of these yeah sorry,
1: go ahead All right. So I a know, lot of the reason why about- this stuff is okay. going on is because they decriminalized all this stuff in Portland, you know, California, and Austin, apparently. So when they start decriminalizing petty theft, public urination, public defecation, uh, all these other things, this is what the end result is going to be.
5: yeah Yeah, you can uh, steal a
0: thousand bucks in in the bay area now i think up to it is it? think it's up to like a thousand bucks in a store you can walk in steal it leave no prosecution
5: yeah no prosecution wait i thought we were we were supposed to be talking about positive things i'm thoroughly depressed now i'm sorry i'm sorry
0: wait i have i have a question we had had to go
5: there
0: sonny you brought up ab5 i don't know if this is true can you get around it just by forming a single person llc and Calling no, yourself a that's company. the
2: thing. I mean, they've oh, kind of plugged those holes where uh, the only way around it is to get an exception oh. for your group. Um, because if you just like a lot of I know specifically writers that were who wrote articles for various publications that would get paid per article.
4: Yeah.
2: Well, if you had more than 32 articles from any one place, they had to hire you as an employee, which like they would just start hiring people outside of California because all that was done on the computer and all these California writers started not getting their articles picked up. So they had to move in order to keep making money like they'd always done. And these, you know, so they looked into, well, can I be a, can I incorporate, can I do create a company and get around it? And the answer was no, because it was specifically, well, and then you had this situation where, Maybe you could get around it. Nobody was sure. But the companies, rather than take the risk, would just right. hire somebody the outside of the, the state. the companies on the hook for doing They're it. They're like, oh, this is too complicated. We're just going to hire someone in Louisiana or Nevada. You know,
3: This is one of those so things. So it, it chills hiring. You yeah. Know, it's, it's not a, just. It's, it's the disconnect, again, of, of what you're voting for. Because I remember when this passed in California, I do remember seeing a friend of mine who I would I would say he's definitely squarely in the woke cult, woke ideology, but who's also a freelance writer uh, did a, did a post about how upset she was about this and, and realizing the effect it was going to have on her. And I just, I, I still think there's a, a lack of, dis- there's a, there's a disconnect there between understanding that these are the politicians you're voting for. Well,
4: and it's they're, and, they're low well what's interesting, why.
2: but But here in California, so the woman who introduced this bill here, AB5, her name's Lorena something. Mm -hmm. And she, you would not believe, I actually screenshotted some of these things, if that's the right word. Um, You would not believe how rude she was to her constituents who were complaining about it, like on Twitter or something. And, And then in person, whole huge groups, hundreds of people showed up at hearings about it. And they were unbelievably rude. They don't care because they don't actually get elected. Like they they're Mm -hmm. elected based on who the people in power want to be in charge. I mean, the in California with the one party sort of rule here and the um, ballot harvesting and all that that they can do to do whatever they want. I mean, it's they know that they don't answer to the people anymore. And so they just they're just rude to them. She would f bomb people on Twitter, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. people who are in her wow. district, complaining about it, and and I'm talking Democrats, not not like people on the right. But a Democrat would say to her, "Look, you don't understand. You know, duh, 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 duh. oh, f and you're and this, and I mean, you're kind of like what? She's not even pretending." Uh,
5: and I, I don't I don't like to generalize, but I'm going to generalize now. The the political class. Are the worst group of human beings on the planet, and they always have been. Now we're back to the royals, so. Uh, <laughs>
1: well, that's what I, they're trying to get back to, right? Is some form of um, aristocratic yep. kind of uh, tier of society.
2: What well, yeah. is an oligarchy? Yeah, As in California, that's really obvious. Um, but the one thing that really impressed me, Carrie, you'll appreciate this, is it was kind of so I joined a couple of groups about AB five. And it was very like across the political spectrum. And I was so impressed with people, Democrats and how organized and how active they were in. And I had been involved in tea parties and like, I've been on the right activism for a while. I have never seen people who will take action, write letters, write articles, share things, talk to people, show up, like, they were really organized and really active. And these are people with jobs, you know, with lives and jobs. And they took their civic duty very seriously.
5: What do you think? Yeah. I was think really
3: impressed. That?
5: Why do you think they're more organized and more passionate about their position than, say, the right is? They,
3: uh, they appealed to... I don't know. I think they do a much better job of appealing to emotion and speaking to mm-hmm. the elephant. Like, Jonathan Haidt talks about your emotional mind being an elephant and your rational mind being the writer and how your elephant kind of controls. You make a lot of snap. We all make decisions a lot of times based on our emotional mind. And then we rationalize it backwards. The left is very good at hooking people mm. in and, and telling a story and getting you, a getting you to go in emotionally with them. And, and they, they, you know, the people who are coming to these meetings and violent writing petitions and in my town that I'm, I'm in some of the groups where they're organizing to infiltrate the schools board, to infiltrate city councils and um you know, to get the statue removed and other things. And I, and they're, they're really active. They're very organized and they're passionate because they believe, they believe that they're on the right side of history. And, See, that's, and, and that's
5: they have moral authority. Yeah.
3: yeah. I was going to yeah. say the right has no moral I,
0: uh, authority. They lost the. They're morally bankrupt, and they've lost that a long time ago. Well, the, the other Isn't thing too also, is that
1: we've been responding uh, with, you know, facts don't care about your feelings, but their responses, our feelings don't care about your facts, right? And and that's what's driving a, them.
5: Yeah, and but and facts don't don't necessarily appeal either. I mean, I, I don't think that we act and then rationalize our behavior afterwards uh, necessarily. I don't. I'm not on his that his page with that uh, Hyde's page with that, but. I certainly think that you you uh, you need feelings certainly to act. You, you do need them. You do you need, do need them as fuel. They are fuel for action, and the the left has a unity of emotion and uh, moral moral uh, sense, and the right ha- is split uh, in that respect. Because I think they 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 cede the moral authority to the left for a reason. The the left basically takes very seriously the ethics that the right holds. The right says, wait a minute, you can't be completely ethical. You have to have, you have you to do this and this and this and this to live in the world. And the, the left simply says, who the fuck cares about that? I mean, a- AOC said it right off. Who cares? If the world's going to end in 12 years, then here's what you do. Um, and that's a very powerful message. It's unified. It's unified in in spirit. It's unified in ethics. And the right doesn't have that. And they need it. And they yeah. won't get it.
2: Isn't the there moral also authority. a culture on the I mean I agree with that completely. There I, and you just look at the um the white stuff, the anti-white stuff, like white people can't even stand up to that, you know? Like they don't we're sort of disarmed philosophically. But yeah. don't isn't there also a culture on the right that is sort of like uh live and let live, I'm gonna leave me alone, I'll leave you alone, and they just don't really wanna show up. They they don't want to be involved in civic stuff. They they want it to just run and leave them alone and they're going to work and that's kind of a right attitude culturally.
1: I I think the right is definitely a lot more individualistic and the left is definitely more collectivist which is the reason why we're losing at this point is because there's definitely a lack of unity because of the individualism. Individualism obviously is something I'm for. (laughs) I'm very much an individualist. Uh, but at the same time, we need to find some way of unifying without becoming collectivist.
0: Well, I think it's okay. what Mark was so, alluding to, though, right? There's yeah. no, there is no unified morality to counter the left's morality. The left is more. I think Rand wrote about this, Mark. <laughs> how, how, in a conflict between two uh, ideologies, the 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 more consistent, the, the one more con- internally consistent is more appealing to people. And the one, That's if right. it's internally consistent and consistent with uh, reality, then it's the most appealing. Yes, but if it, it's, uh, if it's right. internally consistent but not consistent with reality, and someone else is like not really internally consistent, they're going to go with the internally consistent one, even if it's a farce.
5: Right, and I think, and I think, look, there is no compromise between individualism and collectivism. There's tons of iterations of collectivism, tons, tons of versions of it, but there's only one kind of individualism and any compromise with collectivism, it drives that moral wedge in there that makes it possible for it to be completely taken over. You have to say that. You have to say, look, there's no compromise here. There can't be. But politics has been cast as the realm of compromise and it's not, it's the realm of principle. It's the realm of moral principle raised to social, to, to, to social ethics, where we talk, we talk moral principle in terms of individualism, and now we, we transpose that onto the social sphere and say, how do individuals behave around one another? What kind of social structures do we come up with for individuals to, to live peacefully and work peacefully and exchange peacefully with each other? And there's no compromise with, with collectivism in that respect because collectivism looks at the body of people as an organic thing in itself, as an entity that thinks and acts it doesn't look at individuals as separate minds that, that take in information differently, that digest food on their own. It, to them, it's one whole organism and you're just a piece of it. Mm-hmm. You can't be you can't be the finger of, of society. You are the, you are your own universe and world and you have to have a politics that reflects that. And that can't be compromised away. And that's what the right has yeah. done. It's compromised it away.
0: Well, this is, I mean, I've talked about pragmatism being one of the biggest problems that we've had, and I think, and and it's because, it's because it allows that, you know, you can't, I don't think you could have easily decades ago or generations ago stood up and said some of these horrific ideas and had people buy into them. But what, instead, what you did was they, they sold people on this idea that they had to be pragmatic. Like, we can't be, they've turned extremism to a bad word, right? And and extremism inherently is a neutral term. Like extremely healthy isn't bad, right? Extremely moral is not a bad thing. Extreme isn't is is just a a measure. So they've 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 made uh they've made pragmatism a goal, and then they just slowly started telling people who were let's say principled individualists, well, you gotta you gotta be pragmatic. You gotta be practical, you got to be pragmatic, you got to compromise a little bit. And once, once you do that over and over again, and you end up with, you know, several generations later, there's no, they're not standing for any principles anymore anyway. And now they gravitating to the thing that is appeared appears at least to actually be integrated and have, have principles, even if they're bad.
5: I think they've also set us up in a, set us up in a false dichotomy, which is, you know, the individual's interests are always in conflict with the whole and 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 then they've set up a morality that holds the whole at, at, in a higher more moral sphere than the individual when when the, no such conflict exists there is no there's no there's no individualism whereby i have a right to hurt other people and do whatever the hell i want to get what i want that's not individualism at all um the individual ceases to exist or, or can't exist for very long when he puts himself at war with the rest of the community. And when they talk about cooperation, they always surgically remove it from individualism, as as if the market isn't the act of us pursuing our own values by cooperating with one another and exchanging right. value for value with each other.
4: Right.
0: Right. right. Yeah, they, they act like though, all communities are collectivist somehow. Correct.
2: Postmodernism has has sold. Their morality is the, as morality, like, period. And I think that's partly why there's been so much pragmatism, too, or so much where people are just like, I'm not going to, I don't like ethics, if that's ethics, you know? I think
5: you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. I think people, people see principles that are, that they're, as Rand, Rand would call them, they're floating abstractions, right? They're not connected to reality. They're not reducible to what you can see. But they're and, so irrational,
2: can't. like your common sense says, "Well, I'm not gonna do that that like right. would suck, and my life would suck, so I'm not gonna do it. And they regard that I mean somehow postmodernism and I know this is part of the ideology of it that they say this is morality postmo you know, the left is morality, everything else is immoral
5: well, i think I think regardless
2: of what you do, you can kill somebody and it's moral if it's for the left, like that's kind of how they set well, us up
5: I, I, I think that postmodernism is great is based on some grain grains of truth and that's why it is able to insert itself and become sort of a live culture or a live virus in, in our in our philosophical system because it is based on some things that were true i think foucault probably noted something true when when he would say some mental, like homosexuality was considered a mental illness at one time, and to extrapolate from that, the idea that many of our evaluations about people and cultures are right or wrong, or sort of narratives that change, you know, change, but he, it wasn't like a change, we change once we get more information, and we revise our premises. It was as, it's just that they're cultural phenomenon and they're totally subjective. Um, but people see that, I, in my view, that you're right. They see that principles, suck that they don't relate to anything that that is tangible to them or they're outright loony and they 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 extrapolate principles don't matter and i'm just going to take each thing as a discrete phenomenon and use my common sense to work my way through it and that is definitely the alternative we have miss I I think I haven't read the Dim Hypothesis yet. I don't know if any of you guys have talked about it, but Leonard Peikoff wrote about, wrote about it on my shelf waiting to read also. (laughs) Mark. Right. I mean,
2: am I the only one here who's read it?
5: Have you read it? So, you know, I mean, so, so, I mean, I've I've listened to his his lectures on it, but you're definitely dealing with disintegration and misintegration sort of fighting with each other. Um, And we, 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 to me, that's just the, the false social dichotomy we have.
3: So Mark, how do we create, or anybody wants to answer this, how do we create, as everyone's talking, it occurs to me, they have a very good meta narrative too. They have a very good way of, they sell that this is the way the world works, that the world is a uh, a competition for power among identity groups, and that you have to look at everything as this competition among power between identity groups and and who's the oppressor, who's the oppressed. And and the way to be moral is then to do these things, right? What is? We don't have a meta narrative. I mean, I have we one. We do. I think what we do. Ours? I think.
5: But ironically, I think they're, they fight meta narratives. They're supposed to be against meta narratives, and they're creating a meta narrative. And I don't think I don't think their 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 meta narrative. Has gained institutional power fairly. It hasn't. It hasn't placed itself in the marketplace of ideas and subjected itself to debate. It grew internally as its own thing. The, the the scholarship around it is very. And I'm not an expert in this, so anybody who is can correct me. But it's very insular. They all talk about one each, each other and refer to each other, and then they've gained institutional power within academia, and that in turn has gained institutional power within politics. And like I said, some of what they say is it has a certain concretes within it that you could point to. And yeah, racism exists. Okay. Their their idea of it's it's systemic, but they paint it in in terms that are very difficult. Not only are they ever shifting, but they're very difficult to pin down and and make objective because they've subjectified the narrative, and it's slippery. And they're not interested in dialogue. They're not interested in debate. In fact, debate is part of the problem. And so it, it set itself up unfairly to, to to have power. Not not it's not competing right now. If it were competing, it would lose. I mean, just Absolutely. James just James Lindsay on Twitter beats the crap out of these guys. One mathematician who studied critical theory and knows it makes these people you know practically commit suicide they're so beside <laughs> themselves with with rage and and even Pete and Helen Pratt, she's not she's not as avid a, a fighter um but you know their work is is really informative and if you just spread that to people they'll know exactly what they're dealing with and our meta-narrative to me is is something that I referred to in the beginning, is is more unconscious. It's in our sense of life. The fact, like Mark said, that we fight and the Canadians don't, that comes from an internalized meta-narrative that we just have to make more explicit. And people like Rand tried to make it more explicit. Jonathan Honig tried to make it explicit with his book on Americanism. What does it mean? And and there are people in the culture who are not in the mainstream right. But you know, more in the objectivist liberal camp, who are really trying to form up a conscious narrative that we could grab onto as an alternative to this insanity that we're experiencing now. I mean, to
0: to some extent, postmodernism. I I'm I how this is. I'm just curious what what you think about this. I I think one of the goals was to make philosophy look very boring and something that could be ignored for. Uh, a really long time, and if you look at po- like postmodernists, actually, classical postmodernists never meant to be taken seriously. They're right. they're playing. They're just playing. You're not supposed to apply anything. They're just having fun, getting their PhD, smoking whatever they're smoking. They don't care if it's true. Truth is irrelevant. It doesn't really matter. They're just they're just having fun with words. Well, somebody um, took them serious. Well, I, you have, you had, you had people, you had like the critical theorists come along and I, and I think now what you have is people use, they, they use postmodern tools in order to avoid having to defend their bad ideas. So you've got kind of this mix of, I think, I think Lindsay and Pluckrose and Bogosian would kind of say it's this mix of kind of critical theory and postmodernism together. But when I, not just postmodernism, if I, if I just, if you just roll back and look at philosophy as a field, sometimes I don't even like saying that I want to talk about philosophy because people conjure up these images of really kind of nonsensical conversations disconnected from reality, disconnected from answering any of the real questions like, uh, how should man live on Earth? (laughs) Like, very basic questions about what philosophy is supposed to, like, help you answer. And we've got, you know, generations and generations of philosophers that we revere who basically don't care about – the truth of what they're saying necessarily they just they just want to have a thought experiment going on and they don't really care if it relates to how you actually live so so normal people look at it and they're like why should i pay attention to that entire field and i think because they've they've managed to make it look boring and irrelevant it allowed it to be taken over by the, the worst possible people
5: Right. And I think a science for living should be accessible to living human beings. And and most of the, the most popular philosophers out there are impenetrable, uh, impenetrable. Yeah. And I, should should I be reading something that um, that is supposed to be relevant to my life that I can't understand? And it's not you. It's not that you're dumb. It's it's deliberately impenetrable.
2: So let me let an me ask. That's interesting point, Carter. I, I was just gonna say, like philosophy seems. If you sit, talk to an average person and mention philosophy, they just kind of go, "I mean, that's just like an academic thing." Right. It's not for everyday people. And yeah. for, and right. you right. know for what? The Rand, that
0: Mark said.
5: It's and, in Rand, and but Rand understood that when she wrote philosophy. Who needs it? And it was for everybody. You need it, and whether you know it or not, right now you have a philosophy. You, you have a philosophy. You may not have. You may not have integrated it consciously. You may just have absorbed it by osmosis from the culture around you, but you're living it right now and it's, it's, it's directing you. And getting people on that page that philosophy is actually uh, probably the, 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 the most important important aspect that they could get clear and get as a foundation of their life so that they can live a prosperous life. Getting that in the mainstream is is, is hard, it's hard. I mean, I think it's what Ari is trying to do, and and what some intellectuals I know are trying to do, but it ain't easy. Yeah.
3: Can I well, phrase Rand this question? Novels. She did. Can, can I phrase this question a different way then? Um, because I'm still, I'm still just thinking through this. If I've gotten pretty good, I think at trying to describe my old ideology to to people who want to know what it is. You know, they view the world as a competition for power between identity groups. For those of us who who don't align with that ideology or don't align with it anymore, like myself, um, I have I have a meta narrative, but mine is is a Christian meta narrative. And Carter is an atheist, and so I'll be right but back. He, by the way, I'm not uh, okay, but he and I share a belief in free speech, um, you know, the property rights, uh, the non aggression principle how do I, how do I distill that down? And what is it that we all share? Like the best way to look at the world is as blank, how to be in the world is? well.
5: Let me just say the non-aggression principle is not an axiom. So it's not a, it's not really a principle to live by. It's that's derivative of what you're asking, which is what's the basic thing that we all share that, that can unite us all to, to me. I mean, not, not to sound like, you know, just a flat out objectivist, which I am, so I might as well go there. Um, It's reason, it's our faculty of reason. It's the capacity to think. And that implies with it, that's what what the non-aggression principle is derivative of. It's derivative of the idea that you are a thinking being if you want to live, if you want to survive in the world, you have to think. And that means you have to know how to think. You have to interact with your environment in a different way than animals do yeah over a over a span of time and mixing your labor and your thought with this thing to change and create to change what is to create something new all of that all of that is what makes us uniquely human and what unites us under something like the non-aggression principle which is we can't use force and aggression against others because human beings need to be free to think <clears throat> and when they're free to think they're free to act for their own interest <clears throat> to me finding a way to Make that a narrative that's exciting. You know, the Christian the Christian narrative is exciting. It's got heroes and villains, and and it's got it's got an ultimate hero, and it's got standards of value that to, to strive for. And I think Rand tried to do that with you know Howard Rourke and 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 Dagny Taggart and John Galt and those characters, um, but I don't know that they resonate as. Impactfully, in some respects, as you know, some of these narratives that have been with us for a long time. Um, but we do need to create those narratives. We need to say, we need to, we need to pack in those ideas that I talked about in more and more narratives, so that it becomes part of the discourse, as opposed to, you know, just the fringe. Yeah. I, I don't know. If I heard I you even... say this. I yeah, want to you...
0: agree with it. While I was gone, I by the way, I just just for the record. I agree that the non-aggression principle is not technically a philosophical principle or at best, highly contextualized a principle right. where that comes with a lot of context, but it is an easy way to start an explanation with someone who has, is completely unfamiliar with all of these ideas, which is why I do sometimes use that as a, Hey, let's talk about this. Right. Um, but.
3: Well, yeah, it, part what would your, as... well I Sorry. would just say, what, what would you say? What would your answer be to uh, simplified talking to someone who's, new to all these ideas, and has maybe been swayed by the social justice way of looking at the world, like, what do you think is the best way to look at the world?
0: Well, I, I, don't, I don't know that a rational argument works on someone that, that so this is, this is the problem. Rand wrote lots of great rational arguments, and here we are, like, we're at the end of Atlas Shrugged. Uh, like it didn't work, dude. We're um, an anthem.
2: <laughs> I keep thinking about an anthem, anthem right? more in more. Like where the guy are. goes in and he's like, he's "You're like, right. Oh, You're I'm right." It's anthem. Like, Hon- Hon- <laughs>
1: Honestly, I, I think at this point the only answer is to basically when they start spewing the stuff. For example, um, when they call you racist, of course we immediately jumped the defense of saying, "No, I'm not." We're, what we need to do is say, "No, I, re- I reject your assertion. Prove it." And at that point they're kind of beside themselves with they don't know how to respond to that because they, they want you to get caught up in that debate. I think the easiest, simple way to handle the situation is no.
0: You could say, what about a Nazi? I could be that too. Um I Yeah. <laughs> I I don't the, the here's the here's a here's a question that I've got, because this is by the way, my one-word answer to your question, Carrie, is is you own yourself. I mean, that's where you start the conversation. Every person owns themselves. Self ownership, morality derives from the rec- derives from the recognition that you own yourself, uh, and that reality is real, and you have to live in reality. You need some need some other metaphysics to go with it. But um, I, here's my here's my concern. I think we've learned since Rand. So Rand operated at a time in which. Psychologically, the prevailing attitude was this tabula rasa mentality. It was it was like there was this assumption that everything was, uh, everyone was an environmental essentialist, basically, so that you could have a, you could be born, and your psychology was something that was entirely created by the world around you, um, and that is d- like known false. Now, that's just not true. We know that's not true um we know that a large part of it is genetic um we also have learned from psychology i mean psychology is a pretty nascent and and sloppy science if you even want to call it a science but we've also learned that people don't uh you can give them a really rational argument to an irrationally held belief and they will hold that belief more tightly in defense (laughs) so the question is like the i think you need the arguments and i think Largely, the arguments are there if you know where to look, and maybe they need to be made more succinct and clearly. But you also need some sort of strategy for okay, now how do you get at a population of humans to move in a direction where they're open to these arguments? And I don't—we're not even in a world where I don't—you could you could you could force everyone to listen to everything that you know, Ayn Rand said, for example, and it would go in one ear and out the other for a lot of them, and then you come mean like out Clockwork angry. Like Clockwork
2: Orange, like yeah open the eyeballs and play the
5: it wouldn't work
2: <laughs> right i do yeah
5: <laughs> wait, wait, wait wait i'm I'm, You're I'm still oh go ahead go ahead no i i was just still stuck on this it's proven that um most of our i guess disposition is genetic uh, not most a, a what, large what,
0: portion what, right okay. a large portion is okay, i mean you can look it, at i mean
5: whatever i yeah. whatever i've read on the subject and i'm not I haven't read exhaustively on it does not prove it to me just 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 because the the human brain is growing at such an exponential rate when you're a baby there's so much information you're taking in there's so many things so many synapses that are being connected i i don't know that it's scientifically i don't know if uh, you can maybe correct me how is it scientifically yeah, well, re- possible re- to test I- that uh, premise. It
0: is. I mean I, I would say read read human diversity by Charles Murray is a good place to start. But like they they can do you can do twin studies, you can do a whole bunch of studies, and it turns out a lot of personality disposition is not not most of it, like but a large a large part of that correlates purely to genetics. Um and it's not it's not correlated. And and not only the part that's uncorrelated, which is also a substantial part, is we don't really know what how to change it. <laughs> It's like okay, that's personality. I don't know what, that's,
5: that, to. that's personality, but that's that's not overcomable. I mean, that's not not overcomeable. You can still you can still uh, trump your personality, so to speak, with free will. You can still you can still rise I, above. I agree,
0: it. but if we're I agree, but if we're talking can about you? a strategy to roll out and and we're talking about how to convince people at large, you know, we, we've like. I don't know how to, how do you get someone to exercise their free will in a certain way? Like, I think we need to take psychology into an account. We can't just assume that if we make a really good argument, people will get it. That's true.
2: I mean, not to to go full Charles Murray, (laughs) but there's also IQ. And I mean, people have talked about there's certain low level IQs that just don't consider philosophic questions. And, you know... I, right, but most but of the all... enemies are smart
0: right now. That's
5: the thing with IQ. These leftists are smart. They're not
2: dumb. They are, yeah.
5: Right, yeah. but I, I don't. I don't know that is is IQ something that's determined by genetics. It seems to me to be oh, yeah. highly culturally like, influenced as well. When you know it's with, I mean, Thomas things. Thomas Sowell would say something very different in my view. Yeah, uh, it's of course, every, environment. Everything like is a combination. Six. I think everything is a combination. But Thomas Sowell would note to me. Uh, uh, I acute disparities between races and cultures that change when those races and cultures move up the economic stratus, when they when they're exposed to different types of information. Um, That tells me that a lot of it may be cultural, you know, well, we're
0: not talking about race right now, but like everyone kind of knows that IQ is at least largely genetic because you don't marry and have kids with someone who's dumb. And you don't do that because you don't want your kids to be dumb. Everyone accepts this. In fact, all the liberal elites who will argue against it make sure to go marry the Harvard grad. Like, (laughs) that's, we all know that. Um, So, like, it's not, that's not really, and and the term race is not actually scientific. I mean, Charles Murray will use the term ancestral population, and and there are some differences there. But, like, you know, I, I, I. we don't have to get into that the question's not really i'm not really asking whether you need a certain ancestral population what i'm asking is like in society how do you encourage the right people to have like and i say the right people like how do you get how do you get people's how do you get people with let's say that there's a liberty psychology how do you get more of those people how do you convince people who don't naturally have that inclination to use their free will and overcome whatever i mean there's definitely Drugs. There's definitely people who are just born busy bodies right? <laughs> right, like they they and they're born
2: authoritarians. Right? I, mean, I am a total busybody, and I'm not an authoritarian. <laughs> I'm a. I love gossip. I mean, but I. I but think, you have to overcome you, that to be you an know in, that?
0: like to be liberty minded.
2: Maybe. um What if, like all the psychologies, can be liberty minded, depending on the messaging and the, you know, what they're exposed to. You know what I mean? Like there's that big five factor personality designations. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, what if they're all capable and all IQs are capable of being liberty minded is just, it's depend, it's a different approach for different people. I don't I, th- know. I, I have think no idea. that,
3: I think that to go back to something Mark was talking about earlier, uh, when you refer to the Royal, family as a lineage of psychopaths that sometimes I think even psychopaths or people who are personality disordered or maybe have, uh, you know, something, something about them that um, leads them to have, you know, psychopath, psycho, psychopath, I can't say the word, say the word.
1: Psychopathic.
3: Psychopathic. Psych- Thank you. Yeah. I, I think that they could, they, if you change the culture, they will move with the culture. Mm-hmm. They will go with the culture. So it's. I think it's just about convincing the masses that we have a better story, that we have a better narrative, that we have an, a better way of being in the world. And the people who are Don't out there to be con artists, us, we do.
2: But the, we, I, Literally, if but, we were just in charge of some of the messaging, wouldn't it be not like it is?
1: Yeah, I, I agree that. Part of the reason why they're able to get their message out is because they own the cultural institutions, the media, higher education, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Whereas we have an uphill battle with this because we own nothing.
4: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, whereas well, otherwise, like I think masses, we have It's not the masses, though. Ideas, it's the elites,
0: but... right? It's, the, it's right. the elites that you need, not the masses because the masses are mostly sheep. The cultural elite. Right? And if you look at history – Every revolution, it's the liberal elite that spawns uh, Yeah,
1: I, the, I agree to know. a point, but at the same time, it, it's like what's we're seeing with entertainment. It, it, the, what's going to happen is when the normies wake up to what's going on, they're going to vote with their dollar, and basically all this wokeness is is going to start dying in inter- entertainment. Um, maybe. I don't know. It, that's, that's the reason why so, they're so big on, on indoctrination right now, getting kids while they're young. I mean, if you've been seeing what's going on with kids' education these days and the things that they're trying to inject in – Uh, Gary talks about how his kid had to write a creative writing paper on his white privilege. I mean, this is, that's, if they can control the masses with that
5: message, then, you know, they're basically set. That's happening. It it is absolutely happening. happening. And and that's irreversible. Once you're telling, once you're telling kids that and making children white children feel ashamed for being white when they're nine and 10 years old, uh, that, that happened. That's happening. at such a, a, a young stage of their development that you, you could possibly be setting that in there for life. Oh, absolutely. And, That's and the it's, reason why like they're it.
2: doing it. They get it at school and then they get it in every TV show and every cartoon. And then they get it in all the media and then their friends are saying the same stuff. And some of those parents and like the more, the more vocal parents and they they think, Oh, this is truth because it's everywhere.
0: Cultural yep. revolution. Yeah. Well, they own schools and they've owned schools for a long, long time.
5: So, well, I mean, if if anything, I think this pandemic showed us that the brick and mortar schools aren't necessary, you know, and there may be there may be another way to approach education and perhaps decoupling from the state would be a really fantastic way of uh, for, for parents to protect their kids from what I think is. Child abuse. I think this is emotional abuse. Oh, for sure. Child abuse, for sure. It's setting these kids up for, for total failure, trying to create, concretize that meta narrative in life by creating these dominant structures. It's awful. So, you know, if anything, we've learned that, you know, the institutions need to be pared down and we need, we can do more things on our own than we thought. Um, at least people, I think, who are more wedded to the system than individualists, uh, m- hopefully might. Might start thinking in those terms. Now.
2: I think this whole white thing is an overreach from the left because, um, you know, it's easy to discriminate against ideas because there's no protection for ideas, but there is racial protection, and there are now lawsuits starting, and I think you're going to see more of that, and there it's going to change something. I hope so. I mean, I hope like you're right.
5: Problem. But if, if anything, okay. these people have a relentless, a relentlessness to them and like any sociopath. And I do think that people who are the leaders, I don't want to pin specific, you know, this this identity on specific people, but I think they are psychopathic. I think they're sociopathic and um, and uh, oh shit, I just I just lost my train of thought. Sorry, I forgot where I was going.
3: Mark, you would it like I, I've I've plugged this before but um, I, I, gonna, I forgot, damn it. I'm going to plug it again. I think you would like Mark, there's a new podcast that just started a couple months ago. It's called Disaffected uh-huh. Podcast and he specifically looks at social justice ideology. Oh, I the, listened to the, an episode through, of this. Yeah, through the lens of cluster B personality disorders, like being oh, aware wow. of um, mm-hmm. borderline uh you know uh, psychopathy and stuff like that. So it's really interesting because he's coming at it from that that's, personality that's, disorder. Lens. That's what
5: I was going to say. I think they're relentless and, yeah. and they wear us down. And since many of the leaders are psychopathic and sociopathic, they don't care. they they'll go till the, they'll go till they hit the goal line. The rest of us will be like, I'm tired. I'm just tired. I don't want my life to be about defending myself because I'm white. I just want to work and live. Leave me alone. Okay. I'm a racist. Fuck off. <laughs> you know, <and> that's that's <laughs> the disaster direction I think it could go if people get yeah. too tired yeah.
2: so well, guys I so think a lot of people are, li- are already tired I yeah. mean it was kind of what I was saying then- that the psychology of a lot of people on the right is oh my god just leave me alone like I don't want to no. go to the city council meeting and the school board meeting and I don't and also like we don't like I don't we don't like conflict we don't like fighting you people know need we to just want to like things, work though. and get along with people
3: Yeah,
5: Right, and when you Um, think about the fact that most of these leftist things that are sort of becoming mainstream in the political world now, they've been trying to do it since the 19th century. They're fucking relentless, and they they see the success over time, so they're like, hey, I'll get there eventually, because you're going to get tired, and I won't.
2: Is it just that they're relentless, or is there something about them that taps into something in humans? This is something I've been thinking about, because we've been dealing with hundred or more you know more than a hundred years of this and this philosophy seems to win every time it's tried yeah. they wedge in and they tap into envy and resentment, resentment. and victimology yeah. and it works resentment. and they
5: ha- and they have the they have the two thousand year old monopoly of altruism which sort of it 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 pushes that narrative along it helps to push that narrative along hey you're you're good if you if you sacrifice to me and you're not that's why you got rich you got rich by taking shit and it appeals to that concrete bound mentality that just sees things in a zero sum as a zero sum game which you could see if you're not thinking abstractly you would see things you know like accumulated wealth and and the existence of poverty as somehow being related <laughs> and yeah. you this person can't have a trillion dollars uh well you know unless he has siphoned wealth somehow off of this person who's impoverished. So it must be that this person has acquired a power at the expense of, of this person. So it, it plays into an old, old, old narratives. And I think, yes, in our reptilian brains, we do envy and hate and we otherize people. And and this You know, Marxism and cultural Marxism takes advantage of that reptilian part of our brain, and and most people's capacity, most people's unwillingness to look beyond the concretes, you know, and uh, to to exploit it to the to the hilt, and that's why it's winning. The other side's, you know, you have to deal in thinking and abstraction and self responsibility. That's hard. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So can I can I ask everyone this question? So, So. I'm I'm tired of this also. I think everyone's just kind of <laughs> we're tired of fighting. They're very relentless. If someone if 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 the world said today and it doesn't matter what state. This state Texas, Tennessee, it doesn't I don't care. Montana, some state. This state is going to be the state for liberty and freedom. <laughs> it's going to separate from the United States. The rest of the United States is going to we're going to be the socialist states of america and you are going to be jeffersonian or whatever it doesn't matter we're going to rename this to jeffersonian i to me that would be a relief i would be like oh good i'm done i'm done fighting i can go i'm just i'm going to pick up i'm going to move i don't care where it is i don't care how cold it is how hot it is i don't care if there's industry there yet or not good i can go uh i view that as like a win (laughs) am i more tired than you guys are with is that not a win for you
5: well, it would be, but then my mind starts thinking about, well, these these folks who believe this ideology like to infiltrate organizations and institutions and seed bad ideas into those institutions and take advantage of the fact that you believe in liberty and freedom of speech to propagate their, their cancer, their intellectual cancer in the world. And so it would likely find its way into there. I, I mean, I, what does this mean? I actually think that you should be able to say and write what you want, but when it comes to politics, I don't know. I don't Whoa. know.
0: Now listen. Wait. What does that mean? What does that mean? Be, Which be means if,
5: if, you do, if your politics is, about, is, is premised upon the violation of, other, of another human being's rights by using the power of government, the force of government to acquire values for other people and redistributive schemes, that has no right to exist just like Jim Crow didn't have a right to exist.
2: I right? totally disagree with that. I mean, okay. you're talking about <laughs> no free speech for some people, wrong. Wrong. And free, someone gets speech to decide is free. that
5: wrong politics. In other words, if you want to vote somebody into office who has as their, uh, their premise, the idea of stealing from me, uh, whipping me down, Im- imposing, oh, so they their couldn't world. hold office, right? They couldn't hold office, right? They couldn't hold political power. You can say whatever the hell you want. But political power is about either protecting rights or forcing your will upon another legitimately, in other words, by by sanction of the legal system. And I say if the league, unless the legal system is about banning force entirely, um, we have a system, we have this, we have. So how do you do
2: that, though? Do you say no communists may hold office? I mean, like, what's the? I don't think what's a the thing? I, well,
5: at one time the communists were a criminal party, but you know, and they were criminals for a reason. They were murdering people. They were stealing secrets. They were state secrets, and and they they were they were engaging. They were they were they were seeding riots and discontent and fomenting you know social rage. Now look, you, you know, you can write things certainly to to bring people to that Marxist consciousness or whatever it is, you know, the, out of the bourgeois consciousness. But when you, when you aspire to political power, you're now aspiring to do something with my life, not your own, with mine. And mm-hmm. that's, where I think, that's where I think lines have to be drawn. You could speak, have any platform you want, but political power is not economic power. It's also not the marketplace of ideas. Political power is the power to do something to other people. Now you either make that an exclusive realm where it's it's solely about the mitigation of force. Period. It's about resolving conflicts between people so that force is 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 um subordinated to due process and concepts of justice or not. It can it can't be what it what it what it is today where oh you know this group gets to impose their will on another group. So
2: I I mean I I can't disagree with that and what I hear you saying though is just Democracy doesn't work, which I agree. Democracy That's what doesn't I hear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Democracy, democracy and
5: wasn't and the founding fathers knew that democracy doesn't work. That's why that's they tried, right. that's why they tried to right. check it. Yes.
2: And it was checked. I mean, we used to have, you know, where the Senate was appointed and you had different things like this that aren't in play anymore.
5: Right.
2: Um, today, democracy, well, and the left has been very clever about this, making a lot of people think we live in a democracy and that mm-hmm. that's the ideal. And it's really not, as we're seeing, because I think that we are closer to democracy now than ever. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. We are. Yeah. And, um. And by the it's way, it's bad. not just the left. Somebody this the people morning, on the
5: right have said
0: that too. By the way, they've
5: been
2: yeah, spreading democracy. Has been a Republican. They're <laughs> all
5: populists. Everybody's a populist yeah. now. Nobody's nobody's sticking to principles. Well, you order. have
2: to be because that's the system. But like, right. what if you couldn't vote till you were thirty and own property or something like that? Like, well, look, I mean, I, isn't there a way to give people a stake in the government not stealing by changing who gets to vote or?
5: Look, I think I think that's <laughs> a nice. I, I don't even think have citizenship my theories, should necessarily well, be granted to you because you, live, because you were born in the country. I think citizenship, the participation in the political process should be an educated phenomenon. You should know what the hell you're doing, what, the, what, you're, what is civic responsibility, what the purpose and nature of government is. And that means you have to work for it, especially our notion of government, which is completely unique in the annals of history, completely unique. And not everybody should do it. Certainly not if we have a spoil system of government, which is what we have now. We have a spoil system where the group that gets in gets the levers of power and gets to rain benefits on their constituents and everybody else is fucked. And that's just civil war. I mean, that's all that is. It's just civil war by another name. We're all fighting each other for a piece of the pie. Well, I don't want, much. I don't want that. I don't want that world where you get the right to impose your will on me. That's not what living what freedom is all about. And and that's not a franchise either. That's not a franchise, but perhaps if citizenship were something that would everybody could come and work and live here and prosper. But who's who gets who gets citizenship? I I even shouldn't unless I pass. You know, unless I rise. So how do you implement
2: that? How do you implement you can't that? now? You can't out out the people who would like, let's say Carter's fantasy of like, we have a state or half the country we can go to, and it's just the people who want to be free. And we want to implement a system that keeps out this, this cancer of leftism, you know, that has ruled and the world.
1: And hey, I, I hate to interrupt. No, no, um, I don't I think need, it's right. Th- it was a pleasure.
2: Bye oh, yeah, comics thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you. take Later. care maybe i shouldn't use the word bye bye <laughs> maybe i shouldn't use the word leftism what i mean is the postmodern the the uh, marxism basically which is the, of uh, the yeah. pile of bodies is not enough to make people go maybe that's not such a good idea right. they're buying it again <laughs> in this country in every country and i was reading something the other day that stalin As a tactic would send in an operative into these little Kulak towns that everybody pretty much got along before and he would start seeding envy and, you know, Kulaks weren't particularly rich, but they were just the small farm owners and they would get all the workers to be envious of them with just propaganda. Yeah, and then it would explode these little towns, and then they would, and it would change. It changed everything, and it allowed him to take down these small farm, uh, the middle class, basically.
5: Sure, and I think we we saw that in the '60s. That's how riots and civil unrest were seeded. We're seeing it now. I mean the the. The folks who helm BLM have said they are trained Marxists. They are trained in these yeah. Leninist tactics of, right. of 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 highlighting psychopathy and using that, using discontent and rage for their own purposes. And, you know, that's that's where Stalin learned history. That the tactics haven't changed, and 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 the, even the messages haven't really changed. I mean, mm-hmm. some of it, some of it, they've they've anchored their you know discontented groups to, to different things, but the, the ideas are still basically the same. So we should be able to fight this stuff. We should. <laughs> With reason. But, you know, they have institutions. All right.
0: I'm going to say something dangerous. I'm just thinking out loud. I'm, this is a brainstorm session. More dangerous
5: so, than you shouldn't be a citizen or, or – <laughs> or, <yeah, laughs> This is an are unsafe ready?
2: space.
0: Here it goes. This is an unsafe uh, space. If you are a politician who votes for law that – Uh, deprive someone of a right like it violates their rights Um, and someone uses physical force against you it goes to the courts and if it's determined that that law actually was a violation of your rights that force is justified and it was self-defense
4: yes
2: Wow
0: (laughs) so politicians are frightened to do anything that might be construed as I like it violating harder. someone's well, rights. We uh, saw it
5: we, we happen to them when a few people broke into the Capitol building uh, uh, you know, in costumes. Right. Um, <laughs> now, suddenly, now suddenly they're an armed camp with 5,000 soldiers surrounding them. So imagine what it would be like uh, if, if that were the repercussion. I would, I'm for it.
2: It's kind of like, it's interesting because that kind of reminds me of the laws that um, uh, are that if prosecutors... Um, you know prosecute somebody and it turns out that they yeah then they're actually personally liable for that
5: yeah
0: yeah and you could get thrown out of office and never allowed to be in office again you could like have your pension taken away like boom you're gone and you know you probably couldn't continue to have force used against you you'd be a normal person again but i
5: think people have to really get it into their heads that a politician if he's if he's if he's saying he's going to give you something, he's saying in, he's saying I'm going to impose your will on somebody else for you. Is that OK? And that you're giving permission to that politician to impose his will on another human being. Is that the kind of society you want to live in? Because when the other side, your opposition gets power, that politician is going to be saying the same thing against you. Um, that's not the world I want to live in.
2: But how do you prevent it? That's the question, especially if you have freedom, how do you prevent that? Clear,
5: clear notions of what freedom means. Right now, people, people are more, people I think are more wedded and libertarians don't help this to the libertarian notion of, of freedom, which is un, it's unmoored from, uh, from reason and morality. And that's why they try to make their, their, their platform amoral. They don't think politics are moral. And, and so, literally, I've had discussions with anarchists and, and even straight libertarians who, who, who hate any, no, any notion of, of contradiction to what they want is an imposition of your will on them. And so you have to get really clear about what, what liberty means and what, what, it, what it means in, 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 the, in the aspect of how we live with one another and why we have something like government and what is due process. Now for me it's all about the mitigation of force and violence and due process is about subordinating force to reason our, our our society should be about our we on a social level are should be about subordinating force to reason and that's what government should do and when government is is making these laws that are redistributing other people's resources for the sake of social justice it is it's not subordinating force to reason it's it's, it's systematizing force and use it against you know politically preferred opponents so i you just have to get clear about what the political apparatus is what liberty is what the good is so that there's no confusion on anybody's part that liberty is whatever you want to means do whatever you want and and government is always awful and always horrible and should and we shouldn't have a state a state always ends in corruption because it doesn't it doesn't have to be that way you know and you and and to to be to be free just means free from force. It doesn't mean allowing every malignancy into your universe uh, equally. Um, yeah. Discrimination on an intellectual level is very good, and that's why the the, the the conflation of discrimination, which is just an epistemological value, it's just you making distinctions between things, but because, saying that it's uh, conflating it with the, the political type of discrimination that that's evil or collectivist. Um, is is destroy is part of what's destroying us, right? I think it's 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 robbing us of our epistemology. Like you were talking about pragmatism and how you know we we the, the the powers that be find ways to rob us of our independent means of thinking. And and conflating conflating discrimination with something evil is one way of doing it. It's one way of robbing us of our, our discriminating faculty and our thinking faculty, which we need to be independent and free yeah i don't know yeah. i don't even know if that answered your question but uh because because it's, it's so vast your question is so vast it feels like it's it, under the current circumstances it's probably impossible
0: yeah. you're reminding me that i think the person that we need not all of his philosophy but his attitude about this is uh the, the savior that we need is socrates because he he was very focused on <coughs> definitions and we need people focused on definitions, definitions so that when we run around saying words like collectivist or individualist or discrimination, we're very clear what that means um, and I think that would solve a lot of problems I just don't know how to actually
3: Yeah, they don't actually, actually <laughs> as you're saying that Mark, I was thinking of all the people who are going to hear what you said and not understand what you're saying because in their mind they have a certain definition for discrimination and that's not the definition you're using but they, but it's the same thing with um, you know, the word property people don't understand the definition of property. Um, The ACLU has, in my opinion, thoroughly abandoned their original cause in the past few years. And uh, I've been in the comments on their, their Facebook page where there are people there pushing social justice, trying to argue with me who don't know how to define liberty. They don't know how to define what a civil liberty is. So it, it it really does go back to definitions. Uh, Capitalism
0: know. is a great one. No one knows what that means. I mean, indeed, on this show, some
5: people do, but yeah. Yeah, indeed, but. indeed.
2: You know, Heinlein's solution for that is like you remember the Starship Troopers, where you get yes. citizenship by serving in the military. <laughs> I, you know, what then, I like something if, that's... when you join the military, you get lesson, you get classes on what what it means to be yeah. a citizen and Yeah,
0: I'm a little bit worried about that because I'm I'm skeptical of the government running classes on things, but uh, something (laughs) that's that's kind of the opposite of that, that that I've proposed that I think a lot of people, one of the reasons I like this idea is because people on the right hate it and people on the left hate it. So I feel like maybe there's something (laughs) valuable there, which is uh, you can't vote if any of your income at all comes from any government source. So I a hundred percent. If you're a, well, if you're it? a soldier, a politician, a bureaucrat on welfare, work for a defense contractor, nada, nothing. If your money comes from the government in any way. Well, so what about vote. what
5: about subsidized industry, farming? Nope, uh, you can't go, vote go down the list. That that you're nope. you're, par- you're paring down people to almost pairing paring mean, down what, people is my ten, goal. If only entrepreneurs <laughs> could vote, I would be okay with that. <laughs> yeah. But, let, but let's think about that. How many people would be actually? I think be you're a voter vote?
2: suppressor, Carter. You how many, people, how many what
5: percentage of the population would be able to vote if we took if if we made that a standard, no no subsidization at all?
0: Oh, I, feel I think like, maybe twenty percent. Yeah, roughly. I agree. That's my guess.
2: I'm yeah. for that. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent for that yeah, as yeah. a way. It it you have to de incentivize people to vote themselves goodies somehow. And if you're like a farmer and you're trying to get a subsidy, maybe you'll think twice if you lose your your voting well here's the
5: easiest way to do it i mean we i came up with a complicated thing like you know these these types of folks shouldn't vote uh carter came up with a a more streamlined version of well actually if they get a subsidy then maybe they shouldn't vote because they have an incentive to vote in people who subsidize them how about this we just separate economics and government and that way you you instantly do away with all lobbying um all incentives uh um, for for the government to interfere in economic transactions. If you make that illegal, you
2: my, have, my, you problem with that. my problem is with that, that is that, is that we're not Chicago. following the law. <laughs> we're not we don't follow the law anyway. You know, you can pass a law, but um but you end up with people just voting yeah. different stuff or judges that just make different decisions and everybody's got their different definitions as you were talking about i mean almost in the early early days of america that started happening so
3: price right. controls happened early right what can i ask what do you mean by divorcing it from economics so they they wouldn't be able to it, uh there would be no medicare regulation. or okay correct
5: and no 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 regulation no, no money not, no no hold, let me let me fix that no state regulation of course there would be there would be private citizens and private organizations that stepped up and would inform the population you know relative to the safety of products and the ingredients of products and you would have to do your due diligence for sure as as, you know you couldn't trust in you know some body that's doing a terrible job anyway to look out for your safety that would that would fall on you as it should um to look out for yourself but there would be no regulation so it's you'd sep- you're separating their capacity to control property as you separate church and state, which 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 separates them from their capacity to control your mind or your soul or your values or should theoretically.
0: Yeah, you know what you're bringing up something that I think is uh, I've I've mentioned this before, but it's a byproduct. It's a it's an unhealthy byproduct of having the state regulate everything. When you have something like the FDA, for example, and they've put themselves in a position in which. Uh, they say, we're regulating the drugs, we're regulating it, don't, don't worry, it's regulated. Um You actually train an entire population to believe that it's not their responsibility to evaluate anything whatsoever, because there's automatically safety rails on the world for them by an authority figure, and that actually makes people less safe, because... <laughs> They've they've actually they adopt this mentality of like these are the kind of people that go to the Grand Canyon and f, you know fall off because there's no railing and then their family sues because they're hey nature didn't have a railing here it must be someone's where was where was the government with their regulations fixing nature? Um, I feel it, like it breeds that population.
5: I feel like the left and the I feel like we have two different notions of liberty that are sort of operating and one one is that liberty is freedom from force. Uh, the other is freedom from reality, freedom from the yes. freedom from the fact that you live in a conditional world. And it's trying to eliminate conditions as a means of approaching that ideal of liberty. And that's that's simply not the case. Yes. Like you do. liberty
2: is no risk. Liber- that's liberty
5: why liberty is, is not liberty a primary. Liberty is, liberty is a conditional. In other words, you have you live right. you must live in a universe. Where no conditions are demanded upon you, and only then can you be free. Like the Eden, I call it the Eden complex. You know, like values drop out of the trees. You eat. There's no such thing as property. Your health is completely taken. You don't have to think about anything. But we're not there. I mean, you're you're free precisely so you can think and take responsibility for yourself. And we've seen over a hundred some odd years since the Progressive Era, and even before a little bit. We've been seeding our moral accountability and responsibility to someone else to try to eliminate these conditions for existence, which we can't, we're fighting the law of cause and effect. It's the law of cause and effect.
0: Yeah, thank you for pointing that out. I, there is a huge conflation of liberty, uh, absolutely. And, and, it, and that's big in the libertarian movement, by the way. A lot of libertarians, because they don't have the philosophical foundation, conflate those two liberties, and they, they, want, they want to be liberated from reality. They do. They, they,
5: they want to be really re, they want to be liberated from the reality that um, government is necessary, that it's actually that <laughs> ah, we, that we actually that. that we actually need it. Um, <laughs> right. And and that that's disturbing to them. It gets in the way. It's a condition. I'm just talking
0: about liberated from like the reality that your choices have consequences. Right. I mean, you know, you can yeah. you can eat the rancid meat. But you might get sick and that's on you. Right. Uh, that's a great image to I think we're close to the end of the show. It's been two hours. I don't want to end on a rancid meat image. Sunny, I was I was gonna end on awful,
3: a uh like an actual example. You can put the gorilla glue in your hair, but <laughs> it's ultimately on you that you did that. You know? Yeah. And again, there I had symp- I, I had a lot of sympathy for her for making that mistake until I heard she was gonna sue. And then it was like, wait, now I don't have any Sympathy? Why are you suing? I mean, it, it's a dumb oh, thing that's that you a, did. It's,
4: it's a real thing.
7: Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, she, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, Sunny, take us out.
2: <laughs> Me? Yeah. I don't know what to say. Um, <laughs> what? I
3: had one story, but it's really depressing. It's just even oh. more depressing. Oh, come on well
0: uh, tell everyone how they can find you both mark and sunny why don't you let people know where they can find you that'll be
4: good
2: well you can find me at my uh youtube channel house of sunny that's probably the best place i mean i'm on all kinds of social media but
5: <laughs> and, and you can find me at, at mark r pellegrino on twitter and uh i have, I have instagram too but that's mostly for my animals
2: Yes, i follow that. Awesome. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> <You're right on. laughs> it's, it's this has is. been
0: a lot of fun, guys. Uh yeah, it's been thank super fun. Thank you so much for, I wish we were in a uh, coffee shop. Yeah. yeah this you reminds know what, me in, of like
2: um those dinner for five episodes that uh John uh, Favreau did. His,
5: oh, yeah. John, Favreau John Favreau did. Favreau. Yeah, I love those. I miss yeah. that sonny are you
0: still in california anywhere or no are you gone
2: oh yeah man i live in laguna beach i love <laughs> oh, it so that's much good. that's really nice
0: there I, I love it so we will do we will it's do paradise. dinner sometime when join when COVID me here is gone we will
2: go yeah we'll set up some cameras um <laughs> and i'm north of we'll pittsburgh. all wear gopros the we'll color. all wear gopros on our forehead
5: where are you yeah. you're north of pittsburgh
2: yeah, I just moved back from Chicago or we're still moving back technically, and I'm in rural Northwestern Pennsylvania, so oh wow are like awesome. south of E. Yeah.
5: yeah. <laughs> copy that.
0: All right, well thank you everyone. Uh, we will see you for Book club on Sunday and uh, it'll be probably broadcast on the Clips Channel again and um, yeah. and actually Koffeffi Break will be on the Clips channel again uh, on Monday. You can always go to unsafespace.com slash live if you are looking for where the hell we are. Uh because we we own that. So we can point yeah. that wherever we want. So uh thanks again, everyone. And, thanks for uh, joining.
3: Thank you guys yeah, so much. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank
4: you. Take See that. you later. Nice to
3: meet you guys.
7: The following co-conspirators have confessed to crime think. For your protection, contact with these individuals is strictly prohibited. Did you know that liberty is just a dog whistle for, insert evil ideology? If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't think about it. I mean... That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Oh no. Please do not protest against racism. Anything but that. I beg you. Computer voice Curtis. Never mind. That last line is fake news.